what's Friday? Friday's payday. So you get yeah. the check, you go to the bank, you go from the bank, you go and wash your ass for probably the first time this week, right? You put on some clean clothes, you put some fucking moose cum in your hair, and you go to the bar and try to convince something that it's a good idea to sleep with you. Third world yeah. technology. Philippine microphone. Yeah. Cheap ass. <laughs> <laughs> Something talking like in Thailand, Sukhumvit Row technology you got going on. Long, long. <laughs> yeah, I've been busy, man. I've been really busy. So I haven't been, sorry I haven't been keeping in touch in Twitter. That much. No, it is what it is, man. I get it. Springtime is rough for me, too. Oh, I found a uh, beef producer, a grass fed producer in Connecticut. OK, good. Good. Uh, quarter of a cow, 450 a pound. No shit. Fellers. That's awesome. Hey, am I there? Yes, you're, you're kind of there. Hey, talk, talk like in two sentences and see if we can get you. Say that again. Keep talking. <laughs> keep i'm trying to keep talking that's hard for me (laughs) no it's not (laughs) what (laughs) you you type better than you talk i don't think so (laughs) i'm just trying to figure shit out i had to download on the google's on my wife's google phone to get this thing to work well because i don't but you're there at least kind (laughs) of yeah at least we got your voice man i haven't heard your voice in a while so hello how are you doing friend well, I'm I'm all right. I'm doing good. Are you? I, you didn't, I think I. <laughs> you didn't I'm, get I'm arrested. Having, well, no, but as you know, I've been having my uh, my fucking issues with uh, <laughs> adjustment, adjustment. Let's say. Uh huh. You know, to uh, this now, I've got to wait. I'm on. Uh, uh, I got to. <laughs> Am I still there? Yeah, yeah you still are. There. I got to wait now another week or so to try and get my my uh, plumbing up and running because, uh, you know, none of it worked. All this PVC cement, after doing a lot of research, the local PVC cement is, doesn't really work on pressurized systems. Oh, yeah. So, so I'm working that, through, that stuff through. So. <laughs> yeah, so I had leaks everywhere. I had leaks everywhere, and then I used a bunch of shit to just kind of cover up the leaks, and then it it pretty much did it, and then it pressurized up the system and started blowing shit off, you know. <laughs> and shit. And I'm like, fucking Christ, you know. That's, and, that's uh, awesome. Yeah, so I'm 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 still without running water of any sort. We have to bucket shit in, you know, and stuff. But now I've I had to go search for a place, a supplier that had some. Uh, uh, American, it had weld on primer, you know, for the PVC, and then they had some, uh, you know, the cement that goes with it. So I've got to tear the whole system apart, do it all over, goddamn again. Uh, and shit, it's just, you know, it's, you want it's running water? What the fuck does this look like, Bubba? Come I on. know, I exactly. know, I'm such a, I'm such a fucking Western man. <laughs> <laughs> you My wife friend. hates bear camp. My wife hates bear camp because we don't have no running water. Yeah. I don't need running water. No, not on bear camp. No, No, hell no. (laughs) No. You bring a couple gallons inside. All you got to do is just fish the squirrel that's floating in the well out. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You you know, you just don't worry about that. You'll be fine. You know what we used to do when we go on uh, hunts as a kid? We used to uh, 
because we do elk hunts, right? And you go back in there, you pack in, you you establish camp and you pack in a couple of times because you're going to be there for a while. Uh, what, we, what we learned, I, I guess this is it's not uncommon, but we would pack in, you know, the big old five gallon, 10 gallon things, uh, water, those rectangular ones in the back in the day. And we just use bleach and that's it. And yep. you could get bleaching, you know, from the, the, the rivers or whatever. So you just carry some bleach with you. And yeah. Capful for five gallons or something like that. Yeah. So, I mean, you can always make do. <laughs> yeah. You'll be fine. See, Baba, you're you're trying to be too advanced here. You just <laughs> get you some bleach, yeah, no <laughs> and you yeah, got no, your no no shit. There you are. There we go. I figured. Hey, it hey. takes me a while to figure shit out. Yeah, right. <laughs> Good to see well, you, I man. Work too. I'm yeah, I'm the girl. Hold up, let me turn yeah. on another light. Well, thank God you got your safety fucking vest on. <laughs> <laughs> I just got home from work. All right. All right. Well, there you go. You must have. You're going to tell us that you're working on a road crew now, or what? No, this is the. Honestly, I'm the cheapest redneck you'll ever meet. So this is the uh, the free sweatshirt that came with the nine thousand dollars worth of well casing I just Uh, bought. There you go. Fair enough, man. I'll take my free sweatshirt, sir, and a hat and a t-shirt. Fuck you. (laughs) You look good. You're styling. LC, I think I could compete with you on the cheapest fucking redneck there ever was. <laughs> <laughs> Easily. I wish I could. Let me see if can I will it go up high enough. That yeah. right there is an iron eye beam from the original right. mobile home that sits on this fucking page. Really? <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Well, I could I could do this number. There's the kitchen. Awesome. There's the front door, and there's the bed. That's the house. That's your house. <laughs> 256 square feet. Well, hell, it's a lot. It's a lot nicer than I thought. (laughs) Yeah, well, this was all when I walked in here in January. And and that's the thing, you know, everybody, everybody here, the family, their standards are so goddamn low. They said, oh, everything's fine. We get here. My Jeep barely. I won't even drive the motherfucker. It was so bad. I was scared to drive it. Right. Then we get over here to the farm. And we've been paying a guy for five years to keep the trees pruned and all that shit. He didn't do a fucking thing except steal our fucking money. <laughs> so he was fired immediately. Then when I walked in the house that they said was absolutely fine, holy fuck, I've seen campsites better. Really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. What did you expect? Like, really? What did well, you expect? <laughs> well, I expected them to be. I, I told them, I said, if you just would have told me, I would have stayed there and made another year's worth of fucking money to pay for everything I was going to have to do. But yeah, I understood. Yeah, that's beyond the point now because yesterday I learned how to. I did my first Bitcoin Lightning transactions, and uh, with the Breeze wallet through Bit Refill, I can now live off my coin. Hell yeah! So that, that that that's official now. I don't need to leave. Really. <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah, feel pretty I can, good I about that. Do. Has that been stressing your ass out? Oh, beyond. I mean, we blew through here in four months. We blew through a year and a half of money. Sure. <laughs> just poof. Just poof like that. And yeah, you did. Yeah. Stressed is not the word. Yeah. Well, man, <laughs> there's always, there's always a way, man. You just keep plugging. You're oh, fine. I know. Yeah. Last night I told my wife, she goes, You've been happy all day. I go, I know. It's the first fucking day. <laughs> it's, 
<laughs> well, it's because you, know. you knew you were gonna be talking to us smart asses tonight. <laughs> Could be. I'm in a Could mood, be. man. We need to. I need to kind of, you know, it's it's no fun being Mr. Nice Guy on the Beef Initiative all the time. <laughs> so, I was looking yeah. forward to this, man. I woke up wanting to be a smart ass today, so. <laughs> Well, here you are. And here we are, here right? The end of the day, you've worked up steam. Let's roll. <laughs> well, yeah. he, he already, he's already rolling, man. He's recording right now. No, I know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I couldn't believe it. So this clown fucking country that we're mm-hmm. clown world we're fucking living in. But uh, so we filed our taxes, right? Like we file right. them every year. I'm not going to go into the specifics on this, how we file them every year, but we filed our taxes. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> fucking Uncle Joey hit us off with a solid 13 G's. Holy. And uh, <laughs> take the money and run. So I was like, oh, hell yeah. Because like I said, you know, we're we're fucking broke most of the year. I mean, we, sure. live, we don't live paycheck to paycheck because my wife is great at managing money. Right. But right. if it wasn't for that, we would be paycheck to paycheck. So we got that lump yesterday, the day before. And. This morning, I sent my wife a list about that fucking long. I was like, just in case, you know, before we buy Bitcoin, I need a wood chipper, a crossbow. I need 15 <laughs> yards of loom. I need <laughs> start oh, going down a list of all the shit I want. And I'm like, wow, that money's going to go kind of fast. But, you know, I got all these half finished products or half yeah. finished jobs on the homestead. You know, we bought it May of last year. And mm-hmm. the year before that, we were renting it. So it's been this like slow progression of like starting to get things done and now it's like all right we know we own it like our name is on the deed all the finalized paperwork wasn't probably done until midsummer last year so you're already fucked yeah you know it is what it is but now this year i'm like let's fucking go i'm ready i already ordered my buddy's got a machine up the street i'm like drop the excavator off drop off 15 yards of loom we're gonna make the garden eight times the size it was i'm gonna make a new goat pen fucking let it go i am ready <laughs> you're it making a lot time. of you're making a lot of people jealous right now <laughs> i'm telling you oh, that's pretty cool man congratulations sounds a little fiat but that's all right no yeah but i mean it's <laughs> i don't build anything that <laughs> i know no, it's i'm glad honestly like i'm glad like you made the joke right because a lot of people will say that to me right yeah and i feel like i love ruffling feathers right so let's ruffle some fucking feathers mm-hmm. uh the whole like Oh, you know, stack and hodl and don't ever spend your coin. And I'm, you know, Bubba said something about it before. Listen, <laughs> I didn't yeah. I didn't get into it for that. I got into it because my money was eroding away underneath me. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I put that money in savings. I saved in Bitcoin so that I could do something later on. So right. Here I am with my later on. You know, I don't want to make my kids live in a cardboard box. Because I want to, you know, I want to hodl for the next 30 years. They'll be so happy when I'm dead that I can leave them some asset that's worth a bunch of money. But their whole childhood was shit. You know what I mean? That shit doesn't make any fucking sense to me. Like, I'm the kind of guy that'll sell coin and take my kids to fucking Disney World. I'm the kind of guy that'll sell coin and buy my kid a dirt bike because he only gets one childhood. Sure. Well, I mean, it it makes sense. And, you know, it's all about balance anyways. Um, You guys are lucky and fortunate, man. I haven't made money in two years, so I don't even, I'm going to file taxes, but I didn't make a dime (laughs) last year. I honestly, no, not one, (laughs) no, not one, not one freaking dime came into this, this, uh, into my 
personal household here. And so that's kind of cool. I've never done that like a full year without one dime being made. So you'll probably, you'll probably get free money. I did. I probably will. I won't I? I, I, I haven't paid I, attention. I even made money last year. You know, I think, I think it was about combined. We were a little over a hundred, right? Uh-huh. And we don't have kids. We don't have kids or none of that. And I filed the taxes because it was last. Well, I, I still have to file from now on, but it's always a big old goose egg. Right. But we filed them. And then somewhere through the file, they said, did you receive your third stimulus check? And I looked at my wife and said, did we? And she goes, well, you gave the first one away to your mom and dad. And then we got like 600. So no, we only got two. So I put in no, right? And it says at the end of the, doing the taxes, it says your refund is twenty eight hundred bucks. I haven't had a refund in fifteen <laughs> fucking years, right? And I'm like, holy shit, that's cool as shit. But then it came down to I had to switch everything to my my friend's house, uh, my buddy from childhood in San Jose, to get the check mailed to him, and then he will mail the check to me, mm-hmm. and then you know we'll deposit it over here. But I was like. Holy fuck, I've never gotten a refund. And I made a joke telling my wife, I said, you watch in the future years when I keep filing goose eggs for us, married jointly, filing jointly and a big old goose egg, the fucking government will just start sending us welfare checks. <laughs> you know? Probably. <laughs> and, and like, you know, I said to LZ, you know, take the money and fucking run because I've paid God knows at my age how much I've paid in and I won't get shit back. So I'm going to take it if they give it to me. You UBI know, and Philippines. That's awesome. Fuck yeah. <laughs> fuck yeah. You know, and, and I think that's legal. Address, that's encouraged. So well, I, that's and, fine. And now my home, now my, my home address is my buddy's house in San Jose. So maybe I'll get California money too. <laughs> I don't know. Cool. You got to keep us updated on that, man. That's going to be interesting to find out. Yeah, it will be interesting next year. What the fuck goes down? So you're saying there was a third stimulus check? Really? I didn't know that. So supposedly I haven't been paying attention to things. So I don't, I really don't know. I know I I didn't get it. I know I didn't get it, you know? And and like I said, it it freaked me out that I was getting a refund because I was like stressing over, okay, I'm going to have to send a check to my buddy's house. And then he's going to have to send it into the government. And then it comes up a fucking refund. And I was like, fuck me. This is great. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you, Uncle Joe. <laughs> you know? Well, y'all, y'all are going to vote for him. <laughs> y'all, are, y'all are cleaning house on Brandon. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess I would have to actually, I would actually have to register to vote, wouldn't I? Yeah, yeah that's that. true. Mm, that is true. Those days I, gone by. I voted, I voted once. I voted once and that was, that was Reagan <laughs> back in the day. Wow. And then I watched all that. Then I, then, you know, that's when my awakening was starting. I'm like, fuck this vote crap. Young you and know? impressionable. Yes. Young and impressionable. Yeah, yeah I, was. I was. I was, I think I was 19 or something like that or 18 when that happened. Yeah. And then I did that and I watched Reagan just, you know, the, the amnesty bill and all this other bullshit that went on. And I was like, and he's spending money like a motherfucker. He did. You know, and I'm all, I'm young and, and didn't really know that much, but I was like, this is wrong. This is fucking wrong. Well, both of you and I remember those years, Bubba, and everybody listening yeah. to this right now, whoever you are, you're younger and shit like that. Guess what? Uh, Russia was the enemy back then, too. It hadn't changed, man. It has not changed. It's no, always been the same thing. psyop. It's always there. It never goes away. Be afraid of the Russians. I mean, it, it's yep. it's such a clown show to watch right now. Yep. It is hilarious. Price hike. 
Yeah. I mean, they bankrupted my generation and our generation, Bubba, with uh, with building uh, nuclear weapons. We had to build more and more and more, you know, and that was the biggest arms race we'd ever see. Yeah. Freaking Star Wars. I mean, back then it was, you know, billion trillions of dollars wasn't a thing. Hundreds of billions of dollars like made people's jaws drop. And that's yeah. the most that had ever been spent in the history of man was during the, the Cold War with the, the nuclear wars race, you know, and they were, they're going to go Star Wars and they were going to go out there and, you know, they were going to save us. And I remember being in grade school and having to climb over to the damn desk. I, <laughs> Yeah. I grew up outside. See, there's a story here because I grew like up under in, the desk was going to save you from a nuclear. No bomb. shit. I mean, <laughs> it's been clown show since day one, man. And so what it is, there's a place called Pantex where up here in the Texas panhandle and what Pantex actually is. Nobody knows this really. It's, it's a storage facility for plutonium. And they put it in the Texas panhandle right on top of the Ogallala aquifer, the biggest aquifer in the United States. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and you know what people in Amarillo say? They say, well, it's good for the economy. Yeah. So we were taught growing up as kids that, you know, if there's a nuclear blast, we're in the top five list because of all the plutonium and warheads that are still, and they are, they're little igloos above ground. And they're top secret and all that. You go out to Pantax, you get too close, you're going to get arrested. You know, it's one of those type places. And so, well, yeah, those Go ahead. ahead. No, those desks, those desks, those desks, they weren't going to do much good. But, you know, it's part of the clown show back then as well. Well, I'm I'm the same way. I lived in southern Indiana, 20 minutes from the Crane Naval Base, which was a big fucking weapons depot. So we always made the joke, well, we're on the list. And then when I moved to Nevada, that little place I lived on, Walker Lake, right down the road is where I went to work. And it was the, the biggest armory depot. They were mostly just demailing, demailing old bombs and stuff. But that's where I was driving the truck around the base, filled up with fucking bombs still from Vietnam and shit. And we were, wow. we'd take them out to demail them and stuff like that. But I'm like, why do I keep moving next to these, like you said, the igloos and stuff? It was like, it was like a, a, a Quonset hut, but it was made of cement yeah. and it was fucking four and a half feet thick of cement, each hut. And, it, and they were covered with grass, so, you know, you couldn't see Exactly. <laughs> you know? But it was all over the place. And even on this base, they had what they called Little Iraq. It was a training ground where they would fucking go in and bring the Marines. You'd hear the helicopters come flying in, right? And then you'd hear them drop down. The, the, you'd stop hearing the, hearing the helicopters. And then you would just hear rat-a-tat-tat, rat-a-tat-tat, bum, 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 and then the helicopters would fly away. So they were flying these people, these guys in to train them to go in and fucking kill everybody and then get the fuck out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this was daily. They were training for Obama. Uh, Obama. Obama. <laughs> <laughs> <Uh-oh. Oops>. <laughs> <laughs> domestic terrorist, domestic terrorist. Yeah. <laughs> Look out. We got a radar on us now. <laughs> Osama, Osama, that's it. They were training for Osama. Yeah, yeah, the guy it. that they killed. Yeah, the guy that they killed and put yeah. to sea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody yeah. saw yeah, his yeah, face yeah. and he fell off the side of the boat because that's what you do with the most wanted criminal on the planet. Yeah, they got his DNA, though, to verify, though. Yeah, 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 of course. Of course. Yeah. It's a fucking circus. It is, man. 
know? it's just as bad here with the the military shit like mm-hmm. where i'm at um probably seven miles as the crow flies is raytheon yeah oh my gosh um about 12 miles as the crow flies is the war college for the navy um then you got quonset yeah which is a huge air force base like all of that right in a row when i was a kid we used to go out on the boat because i live in a port town right big for lobster and down here right and uh you'd go out and there's an island out there that you can't stop on you stop on that island, the Coast Guard comes flying right up and they tell you, screw, there's live ordinance all over the beach. They fire at this island with battleships. Right. Practice. And you yeah. can't you can't stop. My dad used to tell me back in the day they used to go party out there. I'm like, you guys are fucking nuts. All live <laughs> ordinance laying on the beach. They're out there getting hammered with a bonfire. That's hilarious. That's like, like that lake I lived on there in Nevada. I don't know if you ever saw a picture of it on the south end of the lake. They had it cordoned off that you couldn't get to it because there was still ammo that they'd used back in the Vietnam era. They would shoot them in there and stuff. And there were duds, you know, so they didn't know if you could go in and that dud one day would go boom, you know, just blow the fucking smithereens up, you know. But I always kept waiting because all the all the alien people said Walker Lake was a uh, a, a spot. And I would always sit there and be out there drinking beers with my buddies going, God damn it, I want to see that spaceship fucking come up. <laughs> because there I had a theory. I had a theory. At nighttime, you know, we had no lights out there at all. It was dark as shit. And every night, the Milky Way went straight above our house. And I went, well, of all places that an alien would go, it would be straight up to the fucking Milky Way. Let's go. Of course, yeah. Bring me some damn aliens, you know. That's true. They even had a theory that there were tunnels from Walker Lake all the way over to San Diego, you know, for submarines and shit. That's crazy. Wow. Nothing in, That's interesting. There's nothing in there because that lake didn't even have a, have a fucking fish in it because it was so low because of all the droughts and stuff because it was a natural lake. And the salinity level was so high, a fish could not live in it. Right. <laughs> you could probably bring sharks and dolphins and they live, but... You know, freshwater fish couldn't live in the fucking thing. I mean, the water was fine. It was kind of like you went down and got a mineral. Um, I would take that's where I would clean myself. Was I'd go down to the lake and just jump in and take the soap and shit because it was like a mineral bath. It was so mineralized. Mm-hmm. You know, I love, I loved it, but you know, like big fucking lake. Yeah, what is it like? It's uh, Salt Lake. I don't know. It's over there. Not. Anyways, you get salt in the lake, lake and you float. Salt Lake yeah. in Salt Lake salt City. Lake. Yeah. Is it Salt Lake? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's the lake with the salt There's lake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Salt Lake. Yeah, that's <laughs> the one. Man, I'm kind of brain dead right now. So, anyways. <laughs> well, there's a lot of salt lakes out west, out yeah. there in Utah and Nevada stuff, because that's all it is. It's it's minerals all over the place. I mean, trying to grow something in Nevada was really interesting. We had to do everything on raised beds because the soil was just so filled up with not just minerals but the minerals that would stop plants from growing mm-hmm. so you just had to raise the bed and, and we found a guy with a really good compost and you know we're out in the desert growing asparagus and shit so it was like well it can be done yeah and it's we're the direct opposite here. here oh it's the direct opposite where I'm at now you can drop a fucking seed and it's gonna grow you don't <laughs> even have to work it you don't even have to work it I just gotta get off my ass and, and do it once all this shit's done well <laughs> yeah. 
we're in a we're in a drought where I, I'm in northwest Texas, the desert high plains, and it is nasty yeah. up here. We haven't had rain, nothing, man. It, it looks like the Dust Bowl some days. Two days this week, the wind were up to 50 miles an hour and the skies were brown. So um, it's yeah. going to be a it's going to be an interesting year for our food supplies. It's going to be an interesting year for our cattle industries. Well, it's going to be interesting for grain, for a lot of things. What was yeah. the uh, you might know something about this, Slim. I, I might fuck this up. I took a Benadryl before this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> something I read about the Colorado River that they were like diverting water that was supposed to be going to crop fields because there's a drought. Um, mm-hmm. I can't remember what the fuck I was reading, but it was like in Texas, fifty hectare acres or something that were not. Are you talking grow about in Texas? I think so. In North, well, in Texas, you have the low. Well, what you have, you have the Colorado River that flows through Central Texas. That's what flows through uh, Austin. And so, I know that they do water control there, and they it's called the Lower Colorado River Authority. The L uh, LCRA is what it's called. Down the river from Austin, basically, as it goes towards the coast in Texas, they they uh, there's kind of a water war. There always has been, but they grow a lot of damn rice down there in texas which is ridiculous and what they'll do is they'll release uh water down because it's it's a water rights issue so when there is droughts it's interesting what happens in central texas because all of texas is in a drought right now but what they'll do is they'll withhold they'll they'll shove all that water down to rice fields and you know it's actually asinine that they're they're you know doing this for rice in Texas, growing rice in Texas. I've never really understood that, but it's a pretty big industry. So I don't know if that's the Colorado River that you're talking about, but there's always whenever there is a drought, that's what happens. And of course, you got the Colorado River, you know, up north too. So there's more than one. Is that around? Is that around Waxahachie? Uh, I don't think is. so. No, Waxahachie is going to be further north. Yeah, it's going to go down. Colorado River goes down through uh, basically it goes down through Austin and it goes down through Bastrop and it it goes that way. So you go kind of comes from the west, northwest down to the south, southeast is how it flows. Well, they're they're diverting. They must be diverting somewhere because Lake Mead, if you haven't seen that in a while, Lake Mead is fucked. Mm -hmm. The line, you can see the water line and it's so and that's the shit that goes off to Vegas and LA and shit. And they're fuck its way down. It's, it's gonna be interesting. Yeah. yeah. I, I guess how you I fucks can live in shit like that. Yeah, you wouldn't survive. Plenty of fucking LC. land with like I, <laughs> I can't even walk on my property without getting wet shoes. Like it, there's just water everywhere. <laughs> you I'm telling you, man. I tell people that you know, West Texas, they ask about it. Like, you know, it's got its own beauty, of course, and it's got its own ugliness, <laughs> of course. I just tell people it's like an old Clint Eastwood freaking western, man. That's what it looks like. You know, if you want to yeah. get black and white with it, go with the last picture show and shit. You got tumbleweeds and you got dirt in the air and all that kind of stuff. You wouldn't like it, Elsa. You don't like heat. No. Yeah, you I don't think you would you wouldn't <laughs> you're not gonna like it when you have to come visit. I wanna like I want Alaska. <laughs> that's like that's my yeah. oh yeah. Yeah. I right now my bear camp is 30 minutes from the Canadian border in Maine. Oh really? That's oh, okay. Is that the place you where was it was it your uncle that lived up there or something? Uh, like my, that? Or? my yeah, so my stepfather. Stepfather, stepfather. I'm sorry, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. 
So and that's uh, I mean that's three feet of snow on Halloween morning. <laughs> right. Gonna say, yeah. I was gonna say I used to drive up to the tip of Maine, up the northern tip of Maine. And I hated it when they give it to me, you know, like a load going up there in the middle of fucking winter. <laughs> it was just like, oh, shit. And you get up there and you're driving along the road in the big truck and you're looking over to the side where they got a plow and it's just, you know, it's up to the fucking window. <laughs> and you're just like, well, okay. And then, you, you know, everybody plowed it though, you know, so when you had to pull into the parking lot, it was there, but you're just sitting there getting unloaded going, Holy shit, look at all that snow. You know, <laughs> crazy. He lived up there, Bubba. He had that camp. He lived at that camp for 11 years. No running water. Lucky man. Lucky man. I, you, I've heard you tell that story on something else. And I was like, when you were telling the story, I was like, God damn, that's yeah. the shit. He, just, he, had, he, had, a, he had himself. Yep. And that's what he had. And, uh, you know. I lived that way for many years by myself, and there's times when I kind of wished I was there again. But you know, most of the time, not. watch your tongue. <laughs> he, uh, oh, I know. She's, he used to plow with a. Chicken. He used to plow his driveway with a '52 Farmall Cub, with a little yeah. tiny plow wow. on the front of it, and that's yeah, what he put a little plowed. blade on it. I'm like, you're fucking retired, and you have money. Like, buy a fucking plow or a snowblower or some <laughs> shit. And he's out there just bundled right up, 47 layers, six inches of snow on his shoulder, plowing. I'm like, <laughs> I don't get it. He was a mountain man. That's yeah. how he lived. I, that, yeah. It was logical to him, man. It's the only thing, it's the only way to live when you live in that much logic. You know, his that cost, common sense. His cost of living was nothing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I remember him telling me his electricity bill. I'd be on the phone with him and he'd be like, oh, the electricity bill came in. It was $17 last month. <laughs> would you have a fucking nightlight plugged in right? like $17 all month you just I can see that out. you just gave me a, a very good picture like a little 20 watt bulb mm-hmm. you know this barely flickering here he had a refrigerator yeah. that was his big energy draw yeah. everything else oh, was yeah. gas even his lights were gas everything else was gas. one of those rounded out refrigerator refrigerators yeah some garbage refrigerator that he got for free yeah. You know, he was a true mountain man. He had the job in town. The guy that uh, when somebody would hit a moose or hit a deer, he was the guy that got the call. He would go get it and butcher it and salvage what he could. And that went in the freezer. And that was Perfect. just how he lived. And, and he had fucking dream. money. He was right? on, he, he had a pension like he got a check every month. <laughs> it wasn't like he lived like that because he like, you know, he had nothing. He just that was his dream his whole life. That was my very earliest memories of him when I was two. I remember yeah. him talking about doing that. Yeah. Well, that's a perfect example, man. Engineer your own suffering before the suffering gets engineered upon you, you know, and he loved engineering his own suffering. So yeah. and that's what so many people you- these days don't know how to do. And they're just waiting there. Just wait. Who's going to make me suffer next? Who's engineering my suffering? I can't take ownership. <laughs> I can't take ownership of my consumption model, be it uh, food, be it uh, content, be it audio, video. Who's going to engineer my suffering today? <laughs> when you, when you, I remember when you put up that tweet, I immediately went, yep, I've done that because I'm here. Yeah, you are. <laughs> Proof of work. Proof I have of work. engineered my fucking suffering. That's yep. for sure. And now you, you know. have to live with that shit too, man. That's called ownership. How's it, how's oh, yeah. it been, Bubba? I mean, how, did you really think about man getting on that plane and coming back and, and driving a truck again? Oh, yeah. Were you that close? Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, it's hard. It's really, it's really hard. The adjustment 
Yeah. Um, and everybody goes, oh, well, I went to there and, you know, some third world place. And it was a great vacation. That's what I've always said about the Philippines. It's a nice place to visit. Sure. It's a really nice place to visit. But once you have to live here and deal with the, uh, I mean, literally taking what you've known all your life, flip it 180 degrees and that's it. It takes a fucking to, to grasp the reality of it. Like every time I leave the house and we have to go into town, I mean, it's, it's, you're, you're driving the Jeep. In America, you can kind of like look out the window and shit. And <laughs> right here, you got kids running in front of you, dogs running in front of you, ducks, chickens, the whole fucking thing all the way. 30 minutes in, you got people with driver's license and vehicles, but they don't really ever learn. There's <laughs> like, like here, here it is. The road, when it does go to a four-lane wide road, the slow lane is the left lane. The passing lane is right. the right lane. There's only one problem with the right lane. When they built that right lane, because it was a two-lane road, went to the four-lane, that's now become a fucking parking lot at any moment. You know, <laughs> and somebody's parked their, right. their Jeep or whatever, and you're like, oh, shit, I'm going to die. And then you get into town, and then you get into town, there's no traffic lights. You know, so it's just it's every man for himself. And I've literally already hit some people on purpose with the, the bumper of the fucking Jeep just to go I'm mad because they've done shit right in front of me to where I had to slam the brakes on and stuff. So I go, and my wife just sits there and laughs at me. She goes, why are you doing that? You're a foreigner. I said, fuck them. There's a point where I just can't fucking be. I bet, you, I bet you freaking terrify people. Buff. <laughs> I mean, you're well, big white you frang over there. You big white frang, as they say in Thailand. And here you are yeah. bumping them, hitting them with the bumper and shit. And you're looking all yeah. apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the horror. The horror. They have learned. <laughs> they have learned because my voice is very fucking loud over here too so now right. oh man the big white guy it's very loud and it's the barking dog syndrome right you know, <laughs> scare them away but they have learned what this means too because it goes really? out the window all the fucking time <laughs> trendsetter man you're setting standards that's all you're yeah, doing you're always just, setting standards I'm just, fuck that i'm just trying to fucking survive over here you know yeah uh, but it, it's it, the adjustment it's 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 Things that we're so used in any Western civilization, not just America, any Western civilization, the things we're used to, the simplest fucking things, <laughs> they're mm-hmm. the hardest motherfucking things. Yeah. You know, just is like my plumbing thing, shit. The I keep talking about the tolerance issues. You can literally take like the elbows that you buy or the pipe. On one, it's that good tight fit, right? That dry fit. You go, okay, this is gonna work. Then you go to the other side of the elbow and it's like fucking pop, 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 pop. So it's an unusable fucking elbow. So you sit there at the hardware store picking each one out and testing it. And, and otherwise you just throw it the fuck back in the bin and get another one and test it. It's a monumental task for fucking hell. And I'm not, I'm, you know, I've been on this earth a little while and my patience is fucking thin. <laughs> you know? So things like that, I'm like, oh, God. Damn it. And my wife's like, you got to calm down. You got to calm down and go, why? I can't. <laughs> if I calm down, I need the lobotomy. 
I need right. a lobotomy. Yeah, well, you'll get there. You'll you're you'll get there, man. You're gonna you're gonna steam out one of these days, and you're just gonna give it over, man. You're just gonna say acceptance okay. is the key. Sure. <laughs> I'm fucked, I and I'm just gonna water, accept it. <laughs> I think it's at the one or two year point. Right. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Yeah. It takes at least twelve months, man. I know that much with traveling stuff. You don't get comfortable, man. It is. It, everybody always romanticizes all these, you know, traveling stuff. And I always told you, and you know this for sure, Bubba, just because you were there first before you moved there. Your first time is always discovery and it always sucks because you're thrown off, man. You're used to using the same, you know, pisser. You're used to the same type of things that everything that you do is different. And that comfort level goes out the door. And all of a sudden you're like, well, man, this is not hard to survive, but this is kind of a pain in the ass right now. You know, you get hungry, you're not around food, everything changes. And for people to romanticize, you know, third world country traveling, I guarantee you until you've done it and then you go out there and do it the first time, you learn your lesson fast and you kind of shut, you shut the fuck up about being all romantic and thinking that you're going to go on a cruise or something. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they go to the third world and they go to an all-inclusive resort. My brother does this all the time. Him and his wife go down to they go to this all-inclusive resort, and he says, Mexico's fine. I go, have you ever left the gates? He goes, no. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you. You don't know Mexico. And it's the same thing here. People go, they'll fly into the Philippines and go to some nice little place, and they never leave it because they got their food, their beach, their beer, everything's good, right? They never leave it, and they come back and they go, oh, the Philippines is fucking fabulous. It's like, walk out the door and live there a little bit. Yeah. Let me tell you, <laughs> my wife, my wife is still having troubles adjusting to this mm-hmm. and she from here yeah she's been married 13 years off and on back and forth um but she's adjusting that she's adjusting the fact that when she got back here she found out that because re- the reason she really wanted to come home was to be near family because f- when she was she's 41 now when she was 25 or 22 she left to go she's the oldest to make the fam the family money and send it home, right? So she's been gone for a while. She thought <laughs> that her family really cared about her. She's come <laughs> to find out that maybe not so much. Maybe hmm. not so much. Really? And she's adjusting. Yeah, she well see here, here's a part of the, the the Philippine culture. It's the most polite, ill-mannered motherfucking society on earth they're very polite in their ill-manneredness uh and because their life is so i'm I'm just going day to day to make the money to buy the fish they really don't have time to really learn what caring deeply is about because they just don't it's it's not they don't have that time Mm -hmm. so caring deeply is saying sir and mom you know, they say ma'am, but they say mom here. It's saying, sir, it's addressing the people with the right, kind of like thinking not pronouns, but like her. If somebody's younger, they have to say ate to her before they say her name. Uh, they always say to me, Tito Bubba, my nephews and nieces, Tito Bubba, I go, it's Bubba, stop the shit. And they want to grab my hand. They want me to grab their hand and put it up to my head. Because that's a sign of respect. And I'm like, no, no, Mm -hmm. do not. And I keep telling the kids, I go, that's a form of submission. Don't submit. 
And of course, they look at me with like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" <laughs> <laughs> you know. But it, it's it's such a different. It's just a different culture, and uh, people think I'm mean when I say that. When I say that, I'm not being mean. I'm just saying it's the way it is, and that's okay that that's the way it is because they function. That's how they function. It's my need to adjust to that stuff. I have to be the adjuster. I can't make them. I'm a guest, so I can't make them adjust to my fucking way. Unless, as I always say, if you're inside my fence line, you're adjusting to my fucking world. (laughs) But if I'm outside that fence line, okay, I got to I got to get on your page. You know? Yeah. How many months has it been now? Four and a half. Four and a half. Wow. No. Three and a half. Really? Wow. Yeah, because we got here basically January. Well, we got here January 1st. So that's true. That's true. Yeah. And it'll it'll get there. And we've had to, that's part of it because we had to turn on. We thought we'd come here because everything was fine. We thought we'd come here, relax a little bit, and then get to work. All the work we've done so far is not to progress the farm, it's been to repair. fucking everything so that's been the real stress bummer on me is like oh fuck when are we going to get done repairing and we're getting close but we went full we went full steam ahead and uh you know fucking just balls out to get it done as quick as possible here yeah and we did get we did get this there's my boy that's your dog there he is yeah that's my buddy yeah what's his name boy Buddy, buddy, <laughs> yeah. Because I always sit there when I had dogs, it'd always be like, "Come on, buddy, come on, buddy." I'm like, I'm just naming the fucker, buddy. You yeah, know? fair <laughs> enough. But he's already he's he's three and a half months old, and he's already twenty two pounds. He's gonna he's gonna get up to about sixty pounds. Like what are you eating? What what's he eating? Duck eggs. Not yet, no, because you've seen that we got red. We've only got twelve ducks left. Oh wow! Because ducks are ducks are they're not tameable; they're trainable, right? Mm -hmm. And while we weren't here, they trained them just to sit there and wait for their fucking feed. So we got here and turned them loose. They they weren't eating. They weren't fucking eating, and you can see them. They're starving and shit. So I went, and then they gave up the eggs because they weren't eating, right? So. The egg production totally dropped to fucking. We had two hundred ducks, and we had days of absolutely no eggs, like days on end, no eggs. And I went, okay, here's the problem. I did some research, and I found out when you change their way, they they just they're lost. So we gave all those ducks away, cold a few, and ate them. They're great. They they taste great. Uh, we gave them away, and we kept twelve, and we're gonna build up from there and train them to be free range and, and shit. But because ours weren't, they just sat around waiting and they just sat around in their, their little spot around quacking all day. And then here comes the food in the morning and in the, the, the evening. And they did no work. Uh, they weren't going out and shitting everywhere like they're supposed to. And then, uh, you know, it just start over again. That's what it sure. is. Start the sure well i mean you're dealing with it so that's cool that's i mean it, it is it's tough so yeah it just comes to a point the wife crafty didn't want to do it and i said well 
look, you can only ride the dead horse so fucking long. Yeah. And you got to get out and start over again. And so we gave them away. Everybody that wanted them because they were like, oh, ducks, ducks, ducks. Her mom took fucking 100 of them. And some other people took them, but they were all going to feed them. Well, they found out the cost of feed has fucking gone through the roof. And so they've all called them or gave them away and whatever. They're not even on them anymore. Um, but we'll, we'll, we'll get them back, you know. But my big deal is the rabbits and the goats because I want the milk, the meat, uh, the milk to go to cheese and just milk good, good fucking raw goat milk. And then the rabbits, because they proliferate so fucking quickly, mm-hmm. you can basically, it's a lean protein, so that's missing, but you can, you can get the fats in there. Um, but it, you start out with maybe three or four does and a couple bucks. And with, from, they, 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 they screw, they come out every 30 fucking days, and it's a big <laughs> litter. You know, and in three months, you, you call them, and it's literally you can get a fucking almost a thousand pounds of meat in a year off of rabbits. And then you don't have to do, you know, they're not, they're not grazing, obviously. Uh, but you can get lots of protein. Sure. Uh, and I'm, you know, we're looking at maybe down the road, trying a cow, just get one and put it down there. Uh, getting a cow down to the farmyard though could be a bit of a fucking trick, you know, because yeah. it's, it's literally downhill, probably a football length and it's pretty steep and then it gets to the flatland and then it goes up in the back is the way the the land is it's a big valley and you know we don't have the modern conveniences of roads right down to the barnyard and stuff so we're gonna have to walk the cow down the hill when we get it here you know so i don't know you know we'll see how that works you know sure that's good though man yeah what's up with your i thought you were getting a a cow didn't work out (laughs) so my property is like five acres Mm -hmm. um almost exactly split in half is nice green grass right i got my orchard i got my house i got apple trees and peach trees and pear trees and blueberry bushes and then it is so fucking wet that you need waders on to go in the other two and a half acres really like you step and it's literally right where the grass ends. You step off that and it goes halfway up your shin in mud for two and a half acres straight back. Yeah. So if I had a whole five up. acres, yeah, you know, yeah. of grass, it would be like easy to do a steer. But here it's like, you know, I got 40 birds. I got 18 egg layers that are going to be full time. She bought 22 fucking ducks because the communist state of Massachusetts won't let you buy anything less than 20. <laughs> like, you know, we got goats, we got, we got all this, like, there's so much. And like, listen, I love my wife, right? I, I love my wife so much. Um, but she's, she was raised a city girl. Yes. And you know, we, we were driving after work today to go get our car from the mechanic shop. And, uh, I'm like, how are the chickens? She's like, you didn't tell me to check on them. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, well, so, all right. So some of them are outside now. So how about the ones in the basement? She's like, well, you didn't tell me to check on them either. I was like, but 
when the other ones were in the basement, you were down there every morning. There's still something can, how do, can, <laughs> so from, from now on, can we just assume that as long as we have animals every morning for 10 minutes, you make the round and make sure there's food, water, and they're alive. That's it. This is just make that a standard thing. And she's like, oh, all right. Yeah, that makes sense. But like, I get frustrated because I don't think in my head, you know, in my head, I've been doing this my whole life. Right. But she has not. And I forget, like, to me, that's like, you know, the same thing as putting socks on before you put your work boots. Probably more common sense than putting socks on before you put your work boots on. But I don't, you know, it's hard for me sometimes to remember that she doesn't come from that. So I have to be patient. You know, a marriage don't last all that long if I'm like, what are you fucking stupid? Yeah, that doesn't <laughs> like, work. Check the yeah. goddamn animals. What the fuck is wrong with you? Like, you can't, <laughs> I can't. You know, my inner dialogue, maybe, <laughs> but, you know, I got I got to check that before it leaves my mouth. You know, and I have to remember that, like, you know, not only that, like I'm the way I treat her is and I, I stand by this. The way I treat her is the way my boys are going to grow up and understand the way to treat a woman. Sure. Right. And I have three sons that watch me. Right. My oldest imitates me and it runs right down the line. The middle kid imitates him and the baby imitates you know, the second youngest. So I have to watch what I do. Like it's everything. It's not like it was, <laughs> you know, I was, <laughs> I was full of, I was a prick for a lot of years. <laughs> you know, I ran with fucking guys that were assholes and, you know, mm -hmm. I made a lot of money and, you know, I, I didn't have a lot of respect for anybody that wasn't me or somebody that brought value to my life. Right. Whether that be in money or, if they had good drugs or whatever they had, or they had worked for me. Like those are the people that got some degree of respect and everybody else was fuck you. This is my world. You just live in it. Sure. So, you know, now like it, in this shift of like raising a family and like being married, like being married isn't fucking easy. Everybody's like, <laughs> Oh, you know, like, Oh, you, you know, you're lucky you're married. Like you have no fucking idea what it takes to stay married. Mm-hmm. Like, you have no fucking clue what it takes to stay married. And I'm not talking about, like, pussy or anything like that. That's a whole nother, like, basket. Like, we're not even talking about that. We're talking about being able to conduct yourself in a manner that makes one other human being able to withstand being around you. Like, I don't know if any of like, you guys can identify with that, but I'm not yes. the kind of person that people want to be around most of the time. No, my, I, I can my, come across my yeah. wife for 13. My wife for 13 years has heard this. How do you do it? How do you do, <laughs> how it? Do, you do it? Is that praise? How do you, how do you is, no? Is that... <laughs> well, it's praise to her. It's yeah. praise to her. That's what to I'm me, saying. It's like how you know, everybody that's known me for a while, you know, I'm I'm and I admit this, I am not easy to live with. I'm not even close to easy to live with. Uh, I wouldn't want to live with me because I don't a, think I'd want to live with you, Bubba. I don't think I'd want to. <laughs> you wouldn't. I'm not. A, I'm not. I'm not the asshole everybody thinks I am. What I am is 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 over the course of time, I become very short tempered in when things that are just the simplest things in the world get fucked up. I just blow. I blow. And but yeah. my wife has learned. She says. She says. Well, it's good. He he yells for five minutes, blows the fire out, and it's done. It's done. And then I'm like, okay, let's go. Let's work on this. 
you know, but I need to blow that steam and she's used to it. And she lets me blow that steam to get that over. Most people think I'm ready to go into a fucking war. And I'm like, no, I just need to blow off steam. That's all I (laughs) got to fucking do. And it literally takes five minutes at the rate that I can blow. (laughs) I'm like a pressure cooker. the, The lid pops off. Doesn't last very long, but it's pretty hard when it happens. Yeah, you guys are you guys are you know living the life, man. I, I'm I'm the guy out here that I I can say, well, you know, I have been married. I have you know I have son, everything. I'm not married now, and you, I just don't know. <laughs> I just don't know. <laughs> I really just don't know. You know, and you know, I was going in a direction before I I, I started talking with you guys tonight. So you you guys need to kind of step it up there for you know how wonderful marriage is man (laughs) it is it is it is it is it is like i don't especially it's lc and this is how you keep the mosquitoes off of you oh wow (laughs) (laughs) you know long pants long shirt it's 19 degrees outside and then that's you know that's my problem we go down to the hill but when Uh you're talking about putting up with marriage yeah she sure her side of the marriage is much harder than my side of the marriage i admit that freely freely. well and then then you're a lucky man then right yeah i am yeah well people ask people ask me all the time i don't know if lc can go with this people ask because you knew your wife forever right before you guys got married right yeah we met each other when we were 13 well all my Exes. I've I've stayed friends with almost all my exes, except a few of the real psycho ones. <laughs> <laughs> Preach. <laughs> but, but some of them, some of them we broke up because I just wouldn't get married. And then when I get married to her, they're all like, why her? Some of them came to the wedding. Why her? And I go, she's nice. <laughs> and they go, they go, what do you what? And I'd say what? She's very nice, and they can say, well, what about me? What are you saying? I go, you're not very nice. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're what wrong. I tell them all the time, I go, I knew when I met her immediately, we did one chat on the internet, and I went, oh, shit. And, and my mom woke up the next morning, and I said, I met my wife. And she's like, what? Mom didn't even know what I was doing. I said, I met my wife. She goes, what are you talking about? I said, I met the nicest person on earth, and by God, I'm not going to let her get away. You know, mm-hmm. and that was it. That was it. Because seven months later, I was on a plane to the Philippines and we got married 24 hours after the first face to face. Wow. That's impressive. You know, That's yeah. hard to do. That is very hard to do. You're the only person I know fun. faster than me, Bubba. <laughs> <laughs> I was like under a year. Well, is that it? Under a oh, year. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Well, that's a lot so, of faith, you know, though, man. That that's a that's hard to pull off, man. And you know, to to get married and go with it, you know, and go through those idiosyncrasies that we all do whenever we meet somebody. You know, it's the smallest things you gotta get used to, and you're gonna say, "Hey, I'm gonna have to live with this, and I'm gonna have to be okay with this." And you know, you compromise a lot up front, I guess. So I'm a yeah. filthy pig, so I'm pretty easy to please. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) no but seriously like i so uh, me and my wife met when we were 13 right we dated all through high school then we split Mm -hmm. she did the right things with her life and got a responsible job and a new car and lived in nice places and And i 
<laughs> I uh, worked on the road and, you know, traveled with bands and did a boatload of drugs. And I did all the like, like all this like crazy sure. shit. Right. And it took a minute. It's funny that Bubba said his mom because it took a minute and I don't really get along with my mother. That's probably not going to go over well with a lot of people. But like me and my mom, just we are polar opposites. And like every once in a while, we have a good conversation. But other than that, we just butt heads. Yeah. And, uh, you know, she sat down and she was like, have you ever noticed that every girl that you date uh, like has one thing that's in common with, you know, who's now my wife? And I was like, wow. And it was always like a different characteristic, but it was something that was a trait of my wife. Right. And my wife came back into my life. You know, eight years after we split up, she showed up at my father, my grandfather's funeral. It's like showed up. She was still friends with my mother. <clears throat> and I saw her and I was like, I'm going to marry that girl. Yep. She looked I mean, it didn't hurt that she looked like a supermodel and she, she was like this skater chick in high school with like she wear like guys T-shirts and like skater jeans. And yeah. she showed up and she looked like she was straight off the cover of like Cosmo, like smoking hot. And I was like, we're getting married. And no in brainer. less than a year, it was like married, engaged four <laughs> months later, married. Snap your shit, too, didn't it? But I just like, knew like yeah. I knew. Yeah, that's cool, man. I did all this crazy shit and I ran and I like, you know, I, I lived this crazy fucking life for over a decade. And like, you know, it's funny <laughs> because tired. you're talking about the same similarities and everything. The one similarities I always had with the, the women I've been with and everything. And I respect and love every one of them for sure. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> like a true Texan boy says, <laughs> that's a fucking the, the, the one thing <laughs> the association they had with my ass was every one of them freaking hated and they always they hated it. They always hated. It. They associated me with freaking the Leonard Skinner Freebird. They were terrified, absolutely <laughs> freaking terrified that that was if their I destiny. That was their destiny. Model. And you know what? Every one, every damn one of them, it was their damn destiny. <laughs> it's like <laughs> I remember one Thank time you. I was in Austin. I was dating this girl when I was younger, and man, I had this plan. And I was young, and I was stupid, maybe kind of you know whatever. But uh, it's just being me. But um, <laughs> I'd been planning a trip to the mountains. I had to get the hell out of Austin, and so you could always tell when I'd start listening to a little free bird. <laughs> That I was probably going to leave. It was. It was something I didn't really plan on. It just kind of happened. You know, your musical taste changed. That's what it is. It is. You start doing content into your life. You act like you're all innocent and stuff, but really you're being maniacal as all hell, man. And then here I am at four o'clock in the morning, three weeks later, loading up my truck and I'm into the mountains, you know, listening to free burn. Here we go. I'm free. Imagine what some of uh, mine, my exes had to do, you know, back there in the day when I was a musician and a singer and a songwriter, right? Right. And I would play them a new song and it was about them. <laughs> and it may not have been good. And then right? like, what's that about? And I'd have to make something up, you know. Mm-hmm. But they would be like, they would know that it was coming. They could really? smell it because I did. Yeah, and I I would always just put, you know, the new song. Hey, I wrote a new song. What do you think of this? You know, just get an opinion, right? 
and I'm not that I was going to change nothing about it, but <laughs> get the opinion. <laughs> and they would look at me and go, um, um, you know, and, and then it would, when the hammer dropped, I'm, I'm, I was a showman. I was more entertainer than anything. And, you know, I'd wait till we got back into the hometown and the, the, the hammer would drop on stage. I'd say, well, I wrote this song and I'd be looking straight at her. <laughs> She'd be in the crowd and I'd be looking straight at her. That was usually how the breakup began. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because that was how I communicated and I would just give it to them they'd be like oh fuck and then of course a fight would break out backstage you know wah, 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 wah. and I'd be like just, just give me another fucking beer and a shot I'm good I'll let you yell at me just you know make sure I've got a beer and a whiskey there I'm good that's you know? very that's so, very creative uh, uh, premeditated you know <laughs> uh, being an asshole I guess right yeah, yeah you <laughs> You were listening to Freebird, and I was writing the uh, exactly. The to it. I was relate. writing nothing but sequels. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and unlike unlike LC, I throughout all those years I was on the road and in the band, I didn't do any drugs, but I did drink enough whiskey to sink a fucking battleship. <laughs> so it was just the same fucking way. But I would watch her. I could never. I could never do the drugs because everybody else around me was doing them. And I'd watch the effect that, I mean, I watched so many talented people give themselves away to heroin and shit, but the cocaine thing, when they'd be doing cocaine, I'd watch her. I'd be like, there is no way I'm doing it. Cause I'm going to like it. <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to like it. And I just stayed the fuck away from it. Cause I was like, I don't have enough money for that. <laughs> and I'm going <laughs> to like it. So no, well you, you, you like know, the whiskey too line. much too. You like the whiskey oh, too yeah, much yeah, too. Yeah. So it's never I mean, a problem until yeah. it runs out, Bubba. Yeah, it's only yeah. a problem when you don't have more. <laughs> well, it, it, just got the habit. Yeah, I didn't have to worry about the whiskey so much because I was always playing in the bar, so <laughs> I would get the shit for free. I didn't yeah. have to pay for it, you know. So I got a good yeah. ex-girlfriend one for you. <clears throat> okay, go for it. The actually, when my wife came back into my life, I was dating a girl who was living with me. Uh, I had moved back down here from Vermont. Um, <laughs> and this I brought this girl from Vermont with me, right? She was a fucking train wreck. Absolute fucking train wreck. In what and, way? Uh, uh, in every conceivable way. Like, like mental illness way? Like crazy? Oh, I mean... I don't know if you I can say, say mental illness because you'd have to call every girl that I ever dated and say that they had mental <laughs> okay, illness. You don't have to go there. <laughs> but, uh, you don't have to go there. All right. I had we'll to call test it you. a type. Um, okay. So, <laughs> so I'm dating this girl and she goes with me to my grandfather's funeral and I see my, my now wife and uh, like went to work the next day and I, I texted my mother and I'm like, hey, give her my number. So my mother passes along my phone number. She texts me. I text her. I go home after work. Right. My girlfriend's in my apartment. I'm like, hey, we've been down here like four months. You haven't gone back to see your family. Like you should take a trip up to see your family. And she's like, "Okay." I go on my phone, buy her a ticket. She hops. I drop her off at the bus station two days later. Go to the go from the bus station to the apartment, from the apartment to the UPS store, and I mailed all her shit to her house. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that... she never came back. That was the end of that. 
she got there and she called me and she's like what the fuck i'm like yeah <laughs> so uh this is not gonna work <laughs> that's yeah, preemptive this man working, by the way that's yeah. that's very preemptive that's very and she was the uh the the girl that i sent back and mailed her shit to was the babysitter from the previous relationship before her and i was always <laughs> you always got a plan three three steps LC, ahead, you have a you pattern know? of behavior here that we need like to you look said, at. I, like you said i don't like droughts so right. like, you know what i mean oh, i'm a fan of droughts drought. there you go <laughs> i'm not a man of the drought <laughs> Well, uh, you're you're a damn lucky man to have such a uh, a loving and caring wife and family now. So I mean, it's pretty commendable because a lot of guys don't get out of that crap, you know. So, and it's hard yeah. to like for for my generation, and especially like a lot of the guys that I hang out with on Twitter mm. are younger than me, right? Like mid to late twenties, and it's like it's hard to like talk about. That's why I'm so open about who I am. Yeah. Because it's like everybody, all the younger generation, even up to like my age, right? Like early 30s. It, it's all about like, oh, like, oh, I got the look, you know, posting pictures of my girlfriend. Look at this girl that I'm sleeping with. And like, look at this car that I bought. And I'm like, you know, it's it's not easy to be the guy that stands up and be like, you don't have to be like that. Yeah. Like there's there's no you know, that's, that's not a thing of honor to live your entire life that way. Right. Like you should give it a shot at least. Yeah. Right. Like you owe it to yourself to give it a shot to have a different life because you know, who gives a fuck what society says society tells you, you should identify as a chair and marry your fucking mailbox. Like <laughs> don't, don't worry about what society says. Like it's okay to find a girl and fall in love with her and get married and settle down. And like, you know, that's why it pisses me off so much, especially in the Bitcoin space. Here we go. Right. You got me all you got me fucking revved up, Slim. I, it's not that hard, Elsie. <laughs> <laughs> I see your memes, man. What are you talking it, about? It, it pisses me <laughs> off that so many people are like, you know, oh, don't don't buy a house. Right. You, you definitely shouldn't buy a house. So and stupid. You should. I'm like. What the fuck are you talking about? Like you talk about like all these, you know, oh, well, you should have a wife and you should have kids. Right. That's a nice, popular, nice, pretty looking narrative that they like to talk about in Bitcoin. Right. Nobody mm -hmm. fucking lives it that talks about it. Right. Very, very yeah. few. Yeah. No. And but then you're going to tell me that, oh, it's a stupid investment to buy a house because real estate this and real estate that like all your think you're these are people. And I talked I posted about it the other day. These are people who either have never been poor or have never had money. It's yeah. one or the other. Yeah. Because once you have it, once you have two phases of your life, right? Where you have more money than you can spend and you have fucking nothing and you're eating leftovers from friends, you figure out that it is possible to be equally as miserable in both of those places. Mm -hmm. 100%. That money means fucking nothing if you don't have wealth. And Slim, you, you, me and you had talked about this and you yeah. said to me the wealth thing. And you're fucking right that it, it's about wealth. It's about having somebody in your life that gives a fuck about you. Right. Wealth is not yeah. just money. 
Well, yes. no, that's the, yeah. That, I mean, that's the point. I mean, you define your own wealth and you define wealth with character. You have character because you actually ha- know how to value. You understand quality. You, you know, as us as Bitcoiners, we're going in, we're understanding ownership in a different way than what we were taught and what we tried to live through. So, I mean, you know, if, if you're valuing your life and everything that you think is uh, is extremely important to you based on money, you're going to lose no matter who the fuck you are. You're not going to win this game. And especially all these young bucks, you know, you know, your generation there, LC, that's all y'all know. I mean, it is, it's, it's a, it's something that's been conditioned big time, you know, Bubba and I, I mean, shit, man, I grew up in small Texas town. I was poor, you know, when I was young, uh, they, they delivered cheese, man, commodities onto our, 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 porch and stuff like that yeah, I, I was able to make some money and you know technology all that stuff but i've been to that dirt bottom and everything one thing you just said about you know you're miserable on both sides of that equation um both sides of those equations also develops character and it's up to you as the individual especially a man and saying i need to create some wealth in my life and it is up to you as the man to create that freaking wealth and to quit listening to everybody around you because a lot of men, you know, they do, they got this, you know, they, 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 they have this codependency that they won't admit to as far as who they're serving. You're right. If they're serving, you know, some, sometimes it's their subconscious. Sometimes it's a voice in their head from, you know, being raised a certain way. You know, you can have strangers that you haven't seen in years and a lot of people are still serving them because it's competition or it's a resentment or it's a revenge type of thing. So once you understand that as a young man, you have the wonderful opportunity. And I see that you've done this, Elsie, is that you understand what your damn wealth is. And it's very important to you. And you've you've been on both sides of that equation. So um, there's something valuable for what you're doing these days. And you're kind of leading, you know, within Bitcoin Twitter. I see it because the people that say uh, don't get a house and all that. Well, you know what? It's pretty damn good having a house, having it, you know, paying for it and waking up next to somebody that you love and that you're freaking proud of what you're doing. No matter what the freaking, you know, conditions of our world is, there's something to be said these days that people know how to love each other because we don't have enough of that shit. Not, not even that. Up. That's like well, me and LC. I think sometimes on Twitter banter back and forth because I, at this stage now, I'm close to shit. Twenty, over fifteen years debt free, and owning a house was great because I owned the fucking house. I right. didn't buy the house. I've, I've I've owned I don't know six seven houses in my life. Mm-hmm. I I I. Didn't ever buy any of them for an investment. I bought them because that's where I wanted to live. That's my home. Right. I didn't care about the fucking investment. I didn't give a fuck. And but the debt-free thing, I brought that up on on Twitter, and it's always the younger crowd. Oh, but and I and I that's bullshit. And I'm gonna leverage this and leverage that. You can leverage your ass into hell. Mm-hmm. But if you are debt-free, I've told people. I was never fucking felt free in this world till I had no bills. And when yeah. I had no bills, the only person, as you were speaking earlier, the only person I was serving at that time before I met the wife was me and my, my wants and needs. But I really had to get to the part where, okay, I want that. I can't afford it. So fuck it. I used to say to people, I go, Well, I want a 69 Chevelle 396 and I can afford it to go to the bank 
and take a loan out on it, I can't afford to buy it. But that's what I want. Uh, you know, I would use those things because in my early days, I was the idiot that had seven motorcycles, one for every day, and they all had a loan payment. Every one of them was on loan. And I used to brag before I got my act together uh, financially, which was in my kind of where LC's at in the early 30s. I started waking up and going, what the fuck are you doing, dumbass? I bragged to people, hey, I've got a fucking perfect credit score. I can go get any money I fucking want. And I was thinking that was a good fucking thing. Now, I don't give a fuck. I don't even know what my fucking credit score is. I don't fucking care. Me neither, man. I gave that up years matter. ago. Yeah, because yeah, it doesn't fucking matter. Because I'm never going to buy anything on loan ever again. But the, in the Bitcoin space, it really fucking just amazes the fuck out of me, the stupidity of when you say get free, they go, oh, that's not it. You need to leverage it at this price. And blah, blah, blah. it's like, what if you lose your fucking job and look at the world as we're going? You can lose your fucking job in a heartbeat. Well, then your family is out on the street, motherfucker. Yeah. And so, you're compromised you know, and you're captured in ways. I mean, be, being debt captured yeah. is, a, is a shitty feeling, man. You want to talk it's about slavery, man. It, it is it's slavery. Yeah. And I've, I'd, I've, I've had very little bills right now. You know, whenever I started doing all this, I knew that I had to be debt free. I had to have a couple of years that I could really survive on. I'm not living high on the hog, man. I, I'll, I'll couch surf. I do everything right now. At my age, doing what I'm doing, man, I'm, I'm all in now, you know, with the beef initiative. And it is right. such a freedom to be able to do it because I don't have any freaking fears. I don't have any that that three o'clock, three forty five in the morning. You're waking up going, oh, shit, I got to pay this. You know, and everybody does. That's a weird number in the middle of the morning. You wake up and your subconscious has been working on you a little bit and you're going, ah, shit, here we go again. You know, how am I going to get through this? We've all been there. We've all done that. And to have that type of freedom within your lifestyle, you know, hell, I'm, I'm, I have more wealth now than I ever have. And it's all of basically just doing what I want to do and, you know, doing stepping forward and saying, Hey, all of us are going to make some change together with all this and how we've all gotten together with the Bitcoin community. A lot of people that do spout that bullshit off. It is bullshit. And I guarantee you, somebody's going to have to, every one of those people that live like that, maybe they won't ever have to suffer. Maybe they'll, they'll leverage the debt in the right way. And, you know, they'll have plenty, you know, of fiat, you know, type of things. But one thing they will not have is they won't have a self-engineered wealth that they can really believe in. And then they can, you know, help create that legacy, you know, like LC and I've been talking about, you know, this is about legacy stuff, man. This is nothing more. And, you know, Bubba, you're doing your own legacy now, you know, so that's People what I don't understand the power of words. No, they don't. And you get people who come into the Bitcoin space from, let's see, the traditional finance space. And they have enough money that they never have to work another day in their life. Mm -hmm. And they go on and they sound really articulate. And they say things like, you know, they talk about good debt and they talk about leveraging things and they talk about leveraging people's houses and leveraging their businesses to buy Bitcoin. Um, and then they get to take the headphones off and shut the microphone off and go back to their life. The problem yeah. is the guy that makes a hundred grand or the guy that makes 200 grand a year thinks that he has a lot of money. 
What he doesn't know is the guy that just told him to leverage everything is worth millions. Right. So when it goes wrong for you, you're completely fucked. I used to say this to the guys that I used to mentor, right? When we would talk about debt, right? Guys that were just getting off drugs, right? Just trying to get their life together. And I'd be like, I guarantee you, none of the guys that jumped out of the buildings when the housing collapse happened to their own death, none of them were debt free. Every one of them was balls deep over their head in notes they couldn't afford. And all of a sudden, their income stream went down and they were fucked. And at that time, you think you have no other choice. It's the same thing as the money thing. I used to tell them all the time, you have, you know, you, you chase money. That's the first thing you guys have uh, might not come from that background. But I'll tell you right now, when you stop doing drugs and your dick works again for the first time in a year <laughs> and you can taste food and life is you feel like life is the best thing it has ever fucking been like a newborn baby. The first thing you want to do is fuck everything with a pulse and make all the money you possibly can and buy clean clothes because chances are your ass has had the same pair of clothes for the last year before you came to do this, right? Right. So I used to tell them all the time, you chase money like this. I've known guys who have died in the gutter with a needle in their arm, and I know guys that have died in a Mercedes with a needle in their arm. Sure. It does not matter. You can acquire all the wealth, all the money you want to, right? You can have this mountain of cash and buy this badass car and have this beautiful girlfriend you thought you could never have. But if you don't look in you and see what the fuck you need to do to make you happy, trying to grab all these outside things and stick them to you to make you happy, ain't going to do it. It ain't going to do it. You need to think about what's really going to make you happy, like what Bubba did, right? I need to go somewhere. I need to build this farm because this is going to this is what I want. Right. He, he didn't take his retirement and go buy a fucking Ferrari or a 69 Chevelle. Right. He, he decided to do something that was going to fulfill him. There's a big difference between being fulfilled and having a fat bank account. There are plenty of fucking millionaires that kill themselves. Plenty of them because they're depressed. People will look at people that are, you know, these people that are famous movie stars and be like, how could you ever kill yourself with all that money? Oh, yeah. You know, you bring that up. I, I mean, millionaires killing themselves. Whenever I was in the startup industry during the dot-com boom and stuff, you know, you had a lot of free cash back then as well, right? I know three dudes that were in startups and they were living high on the hog in that dot-com stuff. Uh, we had the dot-com bust. Every, I know three people put a gun in their head and said goodbye. And they had all, they were flushed with cash for a long time, but they were not fulfilled. And it was all, you know, it was all a fiat mindset. And it really is. I mean, you can reflect on things and see that and you're going to get the same thing going on in the Bitcoin space in a lot of different ways. And the, the LARPing that goes on and the people that, you know, are actually, you know, the, whatever they're, I guess they're called influencers, whatever. Um, we'll say that. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting because we all thought, you know, we all talk about it. When is that crash going to be, especially with the cryptos, everything? When does that black hole event happen? And in whenever that dot com boom and dot com bust happened, you know, that was $1.7 trillion overnight. So that was probably about $4 trillion right now in these days and times with as much cash flows out there. That's going to be interesting. And it just, we, we, we keep on inching closer and closer. So, 
I think a lot of people are, you know, everybody's going to have to, you know, check themselves a little bit. And it's something that Bitcoin makes you do is you check yourself and nobody's uh, free from that. If you're a really person that understands the Bitcoin ethos, because what does Bitcoin exposes the truth and it's one person, you know, the truth that it does expose within you is you got to look at yourself and, you know, that's going to be, it's everybody has to answer. So. Yeah, that's true. You know, I mean, like what Elsie was talking about, the, the, the rich people and the poor people where they die. There's so many that emulate it. It's not you're I was cash rich before Bitcoin, right. but I knew it was it was I knew it was fucking a worthless shit. But I knew that, well, this is what to get us over here to do what we got to do. So I was just saving money, 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 just cash. You know, people be like, why don't you buy something? You could, I go, yeah, but I've got another down the road vision, you know? And then when I found Bitcoin, it was like, oh fuck, I was all in so fucking fast. Uh, it was funny. <laughs> it was funny because, uh, you know, this whole psychopath thing that just came up because that article or whatever <laughs> I said, Somebody said uh, something about being a psychopath. I said, hell, I was a psychopath for 30 years till I found Bitcoin. Bitcoin didn't make me a psycho. I was there. I'm you know, my own but the, what I see being the old fucker, being the old fucker on Twitter, I'm reading this and it, it what I, I had this theory that what really fucked up young men was tender. Tinder yeah. made getting pussy too fucking easy, you know? Yeah. Because back in the day, I had my own form of Tinder, and I knew. Because when I was in the band, all that was just, it just walked up to me and said, hey, yeah, I'm here, right? The minute I quit playing music for a living, I went, oh, shit. I don't even know how to talk to a woman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm 30 years old, 32 years old, going, oh, fuck, I got to learn how to say hello. And yeah. shit. And it made that process of meeting people of the opposite <laughs> sex when that was, you know, you could say that <laughs> when there was an opposite sex. Yeah, when there was an op- opposite sex. But I literally, it took me, yeah, you know, like you were saying, like the drought. <laughs> well, I had a drought, a long drought, <laughs> because I didn't I, I didn't know how to because I was I was like a monkey. I was trained. You're the lead singer on stage in a band. There's going to be five offering tonight. Pick one. And then I'm just the normal guy in a bar again uh, or anywhere. And I'm like, I don't know how to fucking talk. (laughs) I had to learn how to to communicate with that. And that ain't easy. That ain't easy when for the, your whole previous life was just snap a fucking finger, you know, and, and, and be able to have way out of your league, <laughs> you know, way you know out what? Of your you know, as we talk here, Bubba, you just made me kind of have a thought. I, I, I bet there's not one I'm damn sorry. woman that's going to listen to this podcast. <laughs> 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 you think about that. Yeah. What kind of woman would want to listen to this podcast? If, if you've made it this well, far out there, no, congratulations. That's not true. Becca listens to the podcast. Oh, Shout well, out Becca. Yeah. Hey, Becca, how's it going? I haven't <laughs> talked to her Becca in a long is. time. Um, so yeah, Becca, you're probably the only one listening to this. <laughs> she's more uh, vulgar than us anyway. So yeah, she, she's a, she, she's a master, man. She knows what the hell she's done. And, well, uh, if you think about it though, if you think about it, uh-huh. everything else you said about his trials and tribulations, getting to where he's at, 
is absolute fucking truth. Everything I just said was absolute fucking truth. Yeah. It's not a misogynist. I wasn't a misogynist back in the day. They're offering. <laughs> they are yeah. offering up. I, you know, it's like, remember the Tiger Woods thing years back and he got in trouble because he was fucking all yeah, these yeah. porn stars, right? I'm like, does anybody take into consideration how many he said no to? <laughs> That's a good I, point, man. Because I was going, well, I said no. Yeah, he could have anybody he wanted. Yeah. yeah. You know, so is that a bad man? No. But when you're getting, and I can only speak from my experience, and I'm just, I was just, you know, regional rock guy, right? Sure. When you, when you get, multiple choice questions and multiple <laughs> choice answers you're not being bad you're just doing what you would naturally do in this world as a human because it's just what it is and you know what there's so many women that do the same fucking thing oh they women are exactly women are just as bad as man man that stuff is yeah. my wife I've told me that and i had no idea what's that so actually this is funny you say this um you're I don't know. Did you guys see all the flat ass gate shit? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How could you not? So, yeah. Fucking not? So all that was going down and I thought it was hilarious, right? The memes were top right. tier. So I, I started showing my wife some of the memes and she was like, I, you know what I don't get? And this is why I love my wife. She's so fucking based. She's like, you know what I don't get? A man does this, right? A man takes a girl, a picture of a girl's ass and posts it on the internet, and it's the end of the world. Yep. She's like, but going. you would not believe how many women will take pictures of men they don't even know in stores wearing gray sweatpants and post them online and talk about men that they don't even know. But yeah. nobody says anything about that. She's like, of how course. come you can post pictures looking like a prostitute on the internet and then somebody posts a picture of you and it's sexual <laughs> harassment, but you can walk around taking pictures of guys all the time and post them on the internet and nobody can say anything about that. She's like, it's fucking bullshit. If they act like that, yeah. they deserve exactly what they get. And I was like, go get them, honey. There Hell you go. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Congratulations. You man. The, Another notch on there. You would love so this. Well, I did a thing way back in the day. I think I was in my 2022, something like that. My girlfriend at the time I was living with, this is the curiosity of Bubba. I told, she was having a bunch of girls come over for the night and they're going to drink wine and whatever fucking else they were going to do. And I knew they were going to talk. And I had always heard that women were much more colorful in their talk than men. Because men were like, yeah, I hit that. And that's the story, <laughs> right? So I hid. I said, well, I'm going away. I'm not going to stand around for this. No way. So I... I, I hid in the fucking closet and listened all night long. And my ears were fucking burning. <laughs> you know, right. they are storytellers and they get down to minute details. And I'm like, they are better than men at this shit. We yeah. are stupid. You know, when we, cause our stories are like, yeah, I get that. And the story's over. You know? <laughs> That's, it. That's all I got for you. They would go they, into these. They, they dissect that shit apart. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, yeah, I had it. I had it. It was a Barbie doll theory, Barbie doll GI Joe theory. Girls grew up playing with Barbie doll, making lives up. Guys had their GI Joe and we threw him in the dirt and tried to blow him up. That was yeah, it. Story's much. over. That's that's so true. So true. 
Yeah. Um, my, uh, my son's mother, uh, <laughs> they used to have this thing called girl party and it was, it was fascinating, absolutely <laughs> fascinating. And they'd have a, you know, a pool party and all kinds of stuff. And this is in Austin, Texas. And they used to have freaking, uh, I mean, you weren't allowed. I mean, it was something that was monumental in the type of stuff that they would pull. And, you know, it, it's far worse than any freaking bachelor party or anything I've ever seen. So there is a lot of truth in what you say, Bubba. It's all spun in a way to make it look a certain way. It really Well, is. men are pigs and we're always going to be pigs. And especially now, social engineering, we're, we're the worst things, especially, you know, Western men are just, you know, the devil, of course, and all that. So, it's well, just, you guys are the devil because you're white. I got yeah. the brown. You I know. Beautiful you, brown. Yeah. You, <laughs> you, you're free. You're free. Clear, man. You catch Where'd me you, in January. I look like you, though. Right. But, but uh, old white guys. So we have true blue devils. True blue devils. Well, one thing that I'm very proud of is that uh, we're pure bloods. That's for sure. So that's always, you know, <laughs> and that shit's going to play out, man. Because like, I am single. I'm pure blood. I mean, and I can't talk like y'all. Y'all are married. I got. I start, I still got to be nice. So I got to be. A good guy. <laughs> you just never know. I want to say know where this is the, going. <laughs> for the for the younger guys, I want to say too that like, and it sounds funny because that's just like that's my delivery, right? But there comes a time in your life. And for me, marriage is what served that purpose, but yeah. something has to serve the purpose that allows you to retain most of the blood in the right head in order for you to do <laughs> something productive with your life. Right. The old saying goes, God mm -hmm. gave us two heads and only enough blood yep. to flow to one at a time. Yes. So when you get settled down somewhat, you can say, okay, I'm not like, you know, I'm not a, a, a goat in heat. I'm not constantly dragging my dick through the high grass looking for the next thing to knock over. Right. Right. Now I can like take some of that mental capacity and do something else with it. Yep. Right. True. Cause True. before, before getting married, you know, before you're in a, if you're not in a serious relationship and you don't have your shit together, what's Friday, Friday's payday. So you get yeah. the check, you go to the bank, you go from the bank, you go wash your ass for probably the first time this week, right? You put on some clean clothes. You put some fucking moose cum in your hair and you go to the bar and try to convince something that it's a good idea to sleep with you. Right. <laughs> in a roundabout way. Yeah, you're exactly right. You know, and you know that that double head thing, it is. It's a, it's a balance. It's it's an art well, form. You, well, you were speaking of chasing money, Elsie. Chasing tail is as bad as chasing money. If not and worse. It's the same fucking way. If you're having and, to chase it, it ain't going to happen, man. You know, <laughs> exactly. You know, it really you is not. You do. That's, it's called patience. And it's called, you know, really being a man. It's not being that, you know, that, well, you're cucking out and all that kind of stuff that we got these days. And uh, you yeah. see so much of it, man. It's just, it's kind of, you know, people don't really know how to stand up. Men don't know how to stand up them for themselves anymore. Men don't know how well, to be men. No, they really yep. don't. And it's, and it, it's a call out. It really is. It's, it's time to, you know, squash this division of interpersonal communication, learn how to freaking talk to women again. They're, they, they yearn for it. They look, they love something yeah. that's confident. It's you can be confident and cool. You don't have to be, a, you know, <laughs> you don't have to be a little schoolboy and acting like that and all insecure and stuff. And, 
it's hardwired in every one of us. Men were hardwired to find the certain woman that's going to solidify our world. Sure. Women, they're hardwired to find that guy that's strong. Yeah. It's just hardwired. It's not anything else other than that. And, you know, think about the divorce rate, maybe. Maybe the problem is because they, if a woman wants to get a divorce, it's because she married the unstrong man and she has this need to have some strength in her life that women have strength too, but it's a different strength than what we got. It's that's, sure. that's the way it was. Planned. That's the way it's planned. And a guy that asked for a divorce, it's either because he ain't done chasing tail or the reason he got there was because he thought this was the tail and yeah. then he had nothing else, you know, but the divorce rate I think would be a lot lower if everybody would be a, a, a more honest in their relationships and just say, okay, we've been at this for a while. It, this isn't, it ain't never going to be. So why don't we just cut our losses, move on and find what we need to find. But people are getting married without even knowing what they fucking want. They don't yeah. even know each other. Yeah. They don't even know. In this day and age, how many, yeah. how many people go on a first date, right? And they don't. How much time do you spend not looking at the screen of your phone? Yeah. You go out and you order food together and you sit there and <laughs> scroll social media on opposite sides of the table. And then you end up getting married to this person that you don't even fucking know. Yeah. You don't even know that fucking person. I say it all That's the time. Like I got, you know, when I got fucking clean, I was a 20, whatever, six, seven, somewhere in that area. I was a fucking man child. And I had no <laughs> idea until I could open my eyes and say, holy fucking shit, I'm a man child. Like, yeah. I thought I had it all together. I'm a man. You can't tell me. That's why I laugh at half of these fucking dudes on Bitcoin Twitter. Fucking yeah. please, please. You're a fucking man child. You think you understand. You really do. I believe. Listen, I believe that you believe that you have it figured out. But I know that you do not you have don't. it figured out. Yeah. <laughs> you are a yeah. fucking man child. There will come a day where you will look back and go, wow, I was a fucking moron. I was a it's moron. So true. It's so true. Yeah. I mean, everybody's got to answer. That's for sure. We've all had our stupid. We've all had our stupid moments, man. I've had plenty of them. If that Definitely. day doesn't come, you're just not humble enough to see it. Yeah. I wrote a, I wrote a song about that once way back in the day. It was called <laughs> The Boy and the Man. It yeah. was called The Boy and the Man. And it was all about what you just said. And it was all about me because I was a man child in the rock and roll days. I was just a man child. But what you said, too, about them not knowing each other, <clears throat> I said that was the greatest thing about how I met my wife. She's over on the other side of the world. I'm over there. We had to we had to actually talk to each other because there was no booty call. There was none of that to cloud the fucking process. And all I told people, I go, this is probably how way back in the day, grandma and grandpa met, they courted each other. They would come over and talk in the parlor, you know, and they actually talked. And then when it came time to get married, you knew you were, you were spot on. That's how I knew. I tell people, you know, when, when I got to the Philippines and within 24 hours was married, I already knew. Mm -hmm. I knew who she was because my, my brain, my boy brain was not clouded with anything other than this person and what she really truly was. And it was, it was a gift for me 
because my brain would get clouded. It, it did all the way through the, the, the thing where I would think I was on to something that was right. And it really wasn't on to something that was right. It was on to something that felt good. Yeah. And that, that ain't marriage because marriage doesn't always feel good. No. <laughs> you know, it doesn't, you know, be honest, you know, it's not always a feel good damn deal, you know? It's so, not. And then, you know, there's a, uh, there was an old timer, right? When I, when I, uh, when I first got out of detox, there was this old timer who was like, uh, I want to say he was probably in his late, late sixties, early seventies. Right. And he was a, a black guy from Harlem. And here's me that grew up in a trailer. Right. And, uh, he was, uh, he was so fucking wise when he would talk. Like everything that came out of his mouth was a gem and you just hung on every word the guy said, cause he just had all this life experience. Right. And, uh, like I, I was freshly married, you know, I think I'd been married for like three or four months or something. And, uh, you know, I was like, Oh, it's so fucking hard. You know, me, 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 right. Typical, uh, King baby syndrome is what I like to call it. Right. We get stuck in this <laughs> me, 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 all about she doesn't do this and she doesn't do never considering that there's another side to anything not not even just a relationship there's no other fucking people in the world right i'm the center of the universe and why aren't you guys doing what i want you to do but you know he sat down with me and he was like listen there's gonna come a day when you're not gonna go to work and she's not gonna go to work there's gonna come a day where your dick isn't gonna work and her cunt's gonna dry up right can you stand to sit in a room with her for eight hours a day? Can you talk to her? Right. The most important thing. And he was married for like 25 years. He said the most important thing is feeling like you can sit down and have a conversation with her. It shouldn't be a strictly physical thing. It shouldn't be weird to talk to her. And, and I'm talking about talking to her, not talking at her to try to get in her pants. Right. Because it's easy for the first six months when you're constantly talking at her and you're like, I'm going to say the right words and she's going to fucking sleep with me tonight. You're <laughs> like, I'm going to be <laughs> right. Like you're doing all kinds of different shit because you don't know what she likes. Right. There, there comes a point where you need to be able to have that conversation. And he was fucking absolutely right. That was the same guy, Slim, too, that said to me, uh, it's important to always remain green because ripe fruit rots. And go. I was like, that's a fucking gem. Yeah, that's yeah. a good one. You told me that one months ago. What you just said there, I'll see about that. Because when I got married, first got married, and she came over to the U.S., we literally spent, and most of our marriage has been together 24 fucking seven. Uh, you know, times when she, she would want out of the truck and get a job and whatever, or come back over here. But for the first I don't know, three or four years, we were in a truck. That's a small space, 24-7. And it was fine because we actually enjoyed each other's company. You know, and, and that's what people don't realize is, as I, I've always said, I said it a different way, we all get ugly when, you know, your dick don't work and whatever else. We yeah. all get fucking ugly. And even when you're young... <laughs> There's 24 hours in a day. You can only fuck so much. I was ugly when I was young, too. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we might have all handled. I know I was. 
<laughs> we've all handled it very well. So, yeah. you know, <laughs> emotional maturity. Here we go. Yeah, It's the <laughs> thing about just, you know, there comes a time in any man's life where you have to become a man. Yeah, and, you know, it, you it, have to answer, man, no matter what. It ties yeah. back for me, like the, you know, it ties back to what we were talking about before about, you know, leveraging up to, to buy Bitcoin and all of that. And, you know, the reality is all of my savings is in Bitcoin, mm-hmm. but Bitcoin could crash to zero tomorrow and I'd get up and go to work the same yep. as if Bitcoin went to a hundred grand tomorrow. So oh, hell yeah. oh, there's, hell yeah. there's a piece that comes with that. Yeah. You know, there's a piece that comes with, I haven't looked at a fucking chart unless some asshole posts it on Twitter. I don't look at Bitcoin price. Like it, mm. it, <laughs> I have my old yeah. man telling me about it all the time. I said, man, I don't give a shit about the prize. <laughs> yeah, man. I really don't. I'm too damn busy here. You know, I do what I do and I, I'm, I'm trying to get it, you know, stacked up as much as we can. But man, that's just, it's, it's insane for people to keep on doing that. I mean, if they've been in the space, they're either, they don't get it or they're, you know, they're LARPing to make money off fiat money off their chart making skills, I guess I, you know, I don't know. You can look at a chart over, you know, months and say, okay, there's a trend there. But for the people to keep on doing that stuff, it, it's it's kind of foreign to me. It seems a little asinine. It's snake oil. Yeah. I'll, I'll admit, I'll admit every day, every morning, I get up, I look at the price. Well, reason, <laughs> you're, you're in a different situation because you're actually living. Right, exactly. You know? If it all goes to shit, I mean, I'm you fucked. can't compare. Yeah, you can't compare. Yeah, I mean, you are. And I mean, gonna, you are. And I'm going to have <laughs> I'm going to have to live off of it. So, you know, do I want it to be up? Fuck yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Of course I do. But I look at it because of that. Literally, it's the different scenarios. Like, I didn't look at it that much when I was back in the U.S. driving the truck because money's coming in. And if it all goes to shit, no, we're not, I'll just keep driving the fucking truck. Sure. But I have, I have finally, I have planted my ass down. I do not move anymore. And I spoke with you on the, the phone, Slim, about this, the the, the just not moving the kinetic energy is what's killing me because yeah. I'm used to moving, moving, moving all the time. And, but I do look at the price every fucking day, but once a day and because of my days of trading commodities, I don't have to stare at a chart to know where it's trending. I can sit there and look at the price and look at the chart and just tell my wife, ah, this is what's going to do today. And it almost it's 90%. I'm right. 90%. It's either going to go up or down. Uh, but the only reason I worry about it is because over here there is no circular economy yet, mm-hmm. yeah. except with except with a bit refill card that I can. But that's fiat. That's trying to get fiat to go pay at the grocery store, yeah. you know. So that and or still buy supplies, you know. I'm, I still got to buy goats and all this other stuff. So I'm looking at it that way because over here cash cash is king and there's nothing else, you know. They just don't. There's no, there's no way to exchange Bitcoin for a product. Yeah. And if there is, I haven't been able to find it. So I have to, I'm looking at my Bitcoin as exchange for dirty fucking fiat, which hell I'm over here and you want to talk about dirty fiat. That's worth nothing. There it is, you know, but I have to do it. This is how I have to live. So I look at it, but I don't stare at it. All day long going, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. Oh, you know all that go, stuff, okay. Bubba. You should short it and you should you should leverage. Uh, you should leverage your property. 
That's what you should that would, see if you can leverage your would, wife. That's a great idea. Let's sell some blood. <laughs> yeah, but see, I'm also a lazy fuck at this stage of my life, and that would take work. <laughs> so I just go, no, I can just sit here and hope, you know, uh, and just just go with it. But uh, I don't, you know, all, that, all that stuff people talk about shorting this and doing that and leveraging this and that. I'm like, God damn, that sounds like a lot of fucking work. Exhausting. <laughs> and Exhausting. I just don't. I just don't have it. You know, like LC, when I was your age, God damn, I was so full of piss and vinegar and vigor. Now I tell everybody I'm still full of piss and vinegar, but I ain't got much vigor left. (laughs) (laughs) It just, there's, you you can't put a price on peace of mind. You're just fucking pickled, man. That's all you are. (laughs) (laughs) That could be true. Mm -hmm. That could be true. There's too uh, much information. You can't buy peace of mind, you know? No, you can't. You can't buy peace of mind, man. Not at all. You know, we look at everything in talking about how all of us are living right now. I mean, it is. I see so many damn opportunities right now, left and right. And I was, I was, you know, I go to a gym. It's pretty cool. It's one of my favorite places to go because of it's a good mental space for me, but man, there's a couple of young guys that come in that gym and they're, you know, they're late twenties and stuff like that. And over a period of time, they keep on getting more miserable and more miserable. And I, this, I mean, as I get better in my life, of course, because I've got that skill set now these days. But as far as these guys, they they they're paying attention to so many distractions that really have no value whatsoever. And it, it was fascinating to me. This guy is just, I mean, this one person stuck out of my head. He is, he's really freaking he can't snap out of it. It's almost like he's programmed to actually be defeated at all times. And you see that, you know, I think it was Joe Rogan said, you know, a lot of young men are living in this quiet desperation and they don't know how to freaking get out of it. And it really is. It's very freaking simple. It is. I mean, you just have to freaking, you got to freaking go and pay homage to that person in the damn mirror, man. That's all it is. And in, and if you can do that, life gets a hell of a lot better, man. You forget all this other bullshit, you know, for people that really, I mean, I, I'm a preacher on this man. And in, I haven't freaking watched TV in almost three years. And if I see it on something like I just, you know, I was in Miami and came back and just having TVs on, it freaks me out now. Once you're away from that shit, you you realize you're like, man, I do not need any of it at all. I don't even need the damn weather channel, you know, because it freaks you out watching that. And I see all this input coming into everybody's brains and they've got to realize, man, this is this is uh, worse off than we've ever been. I mean, Bubba, you can speak to this as far as how how content has changed and how the manipulation and everything and the fear mongering is just ran running rampant, man. And if you're around it all day, you become that damn fly in the window trying to get out that window and you need yeah. to back the fuck up and say, hey, there's an open door over here. Let's go out that door. And you need yeah. to do that with your thought process, but I see that quiet desperation, and I don't see a lot of a lot of guys knowing how to check that. The, the, for me, I always go back to this. It was so my my life living up until I started truck driving. I was filled up with all the noise. I was nuts because I'd already flipped in '85. Where was Bitcoin at that time? But it wasn't there. I'd already flipped. So I'm living in the noise, knowing that it's noise and my friends are noise. And I'm trying to tell them, Hey, this is just noise. Fucking 
you know, look at it a different way. What happened when I started truck driving, I got the license, went out, and for basically three years, I was alone talking with myself. Because that was before satellite radio. So there's no radio on unless I put in a CD. And the trucks didn't even have CDs back then. They had fucking cassettes. I didn't have cassettes. Anyways, (laughs) it was 24-7 for six weeks at a time. Just me. Talking to me. And I finally, everything I'd been fighting most of my life from like 25 on up till then. And I didn't start driving a truck till I was 40. So I'm like, I finally had a chance to mind meld it into my own mind. And that was the greatest thing. So I've always told people, if you want to figure yourself out, get alone, just get the fuck alone and think for yourself, because that's all you got to think about is because it's just you. Those first three years of truck driving, when I came out of that three years, I was like, I was worse Bubba than I ever had been because I couldn't even be swayed anymore, possibly even swayed because like, no, this is who I am. This is how I see things. And this is what I am. Now, if you want to see it your way, now I'm to the point where if you want to see it your way, fuck off. Then I was like, nah, if you want to see it your way, that's fine. We're still friends. And as the years have progressed, my friendships have gone like this because they're still, I can't, I always say to my friends, I go, you're my age. You're, you're damn near 60 years old, somewhere in there. You're in between 50 and 60. Most of my friends from, from back in the day, how can you not fucking see what they're doing to you? And I'm like, I can't even talk to you no more. You know, fuck off. I'm done. I'm not going to do this anymore because I don't want that stress of trying to, help my friends anymore because i've been trying to help for 30 fucking years and i'm just done and i'm okay with being done some of them are and then some of them aren't they, they come back and you know message me hey what do you think and i go i've told you what i think either <laughs> listen to me or don't i'm not gonna <laughs> argue with you about this you know so it was kind of funny when we went on, on vacation over where my old island buddies are it was a week of me talking to normies <laughs> And these guys are all my age or older. And they're still like these Americans living over here. And they've been living over for 15 years. They're still talking American politics and all this other shit. And I'm go, what do you fucking care? Yeah. What do you fucking <laughs> care about this shit? You're 70 years old. Fucking live your life out. Quit worrying about this shit. But they're all, you know, this and that. And it was really hard. <clears throat> when I came back, I just was like, oh, it was like Whew, because I didn't have to talk normie shit. And I got because over there I didn't have much signal anyway, so I couldn't keep up with what's going on. And I hate to say this, but in my solitudeness of the world, like talking to you to you guys today has been a fucking gem to me. You guys have no idea what this is like. But when I came back and got on the old twit box. It was like, okay, I'm at least reading something that symbolizes somebody's thinking about something other than the bullshit that's fed to them every day on the television. Um, and that, that's, that, that's really been my hardest adjustment over here is because I know back in America, I felt pretty solid too, but I was okay with it. I was driving. 
I was driving it. I like that kinetic sure. energy. I, the, the, the drive up to Sheergal and back was a seven hour drive both ways. Those were pretty happy times, even though the roads were terrible and all this other stuff. It was great because I'm driving. But when I got back here, just the load, the weight of the world fell off my shoulders because I didn't have to fucking talk normie. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, it was like, whoa. You know, you you know, know. on that point, let's go back to women now. I can't, I mean, talking about normie, I don't think I could ever be with a, a woman that's not a Bitcoiner. At all, you know, they don't have to be a good Bitcoiner, but you know, they have to have understanding and all that kind of stuff. You know, they don't have to be extremely hardcore and stuff about it. But this, the, 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 you know, the philosophy of it, I just, I, I really don't think I could ever, ever be with a woman that was a normie anymore. And it would be, it would be kind of torturous, wouldn't it? It, it's interesting. It's kind of terrifying. (laughs) <laughs> it's like you know i wrote a sub stack and i said hey we need more cowgirls in bitcoin so yeah, i'm gonna have to go yeah. out there and i'm actually we are gonna start i'm gonna start catering to the rodeo circuit with the beef initiative so we're gonna have some <laughs> serious man we're we're gonna start bringing some people into the beef initiative that that are that are kind of cool and already been living decentralized you know lives for a long time so well, got, they're, they're i'm on probably- a mission there's probably many women in Bitcoin that we don't even fucking know about. They could be maxi to the hell, but they just ain't on Twitter. Twitter's not. Well, you know what? I was at the day. Dave Chappelle I, I says. Go ahead. Dave Chappelle says. Dave Chappelle says Twitter is not a real place, and it's no, not. it's not. <laughs> well, you know what though? I mean, I've it's met fun when in, people think it is though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, everybody, yeah. you know, I met a lot of people in Miami that I met through Twitter and every one of them was based, you know, everybody was cool. Everybody was, you know, good people. And I saw a lot of people that, you know, you'd never think it's like, okay, those people were, you know, people acting like Bitcoiners. No, yeah. I, I saw a lot of interesting things in Miami as far as that is concerned. I wanted to ask you, I wanted to ask you about that Miami thing. You were down there, but you, yeah, I was you down there. Through- underground citadel which was good. yeah i did the underground citadel with uh jessica and katie and that was really good man it was it was well you know well received and it was i loved how they did it in the building and everything it was cool um and i just i i roamed a lot i wanted to meet people that you know i'd, I'd met on twitter and everything i do have i have a funny story i was i was trying to get away i'd been walking around this I'd been into this happy hour. It was called Liberty somewhere. And it was all the clubs, happy hour and stuff like that. And it blew up. It really did. So I'd been there for a while. Then um, actually I was with Surfer Jim because he was at the underground. And then we went to where he had rented an Airbnb and he showed me and it was pretty damn cool. But we went to this happy hour and I'd been there for a long time, talked to a lot of people. And I I'd, I'd, I'd tried to do the French exit. Y'all know what a French exit is, right? It's like you yeah. just kind of you just kind of sneak out the side, right? So I'd I'd done one French exit already, but I, I I got turned around and I ended up and I was fucking walking around the block in the wrong way. I wasn't paying attention because I was looking at my phone probably or something like that, you know, catching up. Well, here I am. I'm on that same damn corner, caddy corner to that damn happy hour, and I look up and somebody's pointing at me, and I was like, man, who's that? Fuck, because I had my I had that shirt on right here that you can see. So I'm looking right. over there's a 
group of people and I see this big old tall motherfucker with blonde hair and I see this dude looking at me and this fuck you Greg and big <laughs> Sean Baker and they're pointing at me <laughs> so it was the mean factory dudes and went over there and you know we got uh kindergartens over there uh she she was there got to meet she she yeah, so yeah we an optimist yeah my boys so there was a lot of people there just right there at that happy hour. So I got to meet a lot of people. Well, once again, I did a French exit again. Right. And so this way I went the other way, but, <laughs> and then I got freaking, I was at another place and what do you know? There's a big group of people in there they're fucking pointing over there going slim, slim. So, fuck man i can't get out of here <laughs> but the thing about that was the funnest time of the conference it wasn't in the conference yeah. and you know that's just that's just me i mean i don't like those big things that you know that it, it's huge and they they did a good job i mean it was it was you know, a lot of things were good and bad but the, you know they make their money i guess just because they're they're catering to the shit cornery of it all you know that's how they're there's making a, the revenues there's a new magazine in the works I is hear. there really really Wow, I hear I hear, <laughs> Bitcoin, Ple, I, I hear Plebs Magazine is uh, in the works. The work, I wonder who's heading that up. Mm. I don't know. I heard it's pretty decentralized. Really? <laughs> I heard there heard there might be like 10, 15, 10, 15 different people with access. Wow, that's that's going to be so, interesting. Yeah, it's like there's a, a lot of people thing. that are tired of the bullshit. I know that. Well, it was interesting. I met, you know, it was it was bittersweet there in Miami. Um, been to Miami a lot when we're swimming the ocean. The food sucked everywhere I went, but I don't eat out that much anymore. So, of course, <laughs> next time I'm gone, I'm going to do like uh, Surfer Jim does. You get an Airbnb that's gated system. You get a big swim pool, hot tub, mother in law suite, uh, whatever. It was nice. And you bring, and I'm going to ship my damn steak in there, is what I'm going to do. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ship I it would- in there. <laughs> I was fucking amazed to see what people like Pubby put put up on a Pubby put up. Oh, I met CD. Pubby. I met Pubby and Andrew. Ah, did you? Yeah, there you it, go. Was, it was cool. I finally got to meet Andrews. Got me started in Bitcoin. To tell you the truth, that's the story. Was it? I, yeah, I followed Andrews. Yeah, I, I've that's you know because I got in late, of course. But no, Andrews he, he he helped me out a lot in the very beginning. So that's cool. Go ahead. So Pubby said what? But, yeah, Pubby put up a receipt. He got two great gooses. Two mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 46 bucks with tax and surcharge and all this other shit. I was like, holy fuck. And then people started putting up what they were paying for food at restaurants. I'm like, God damn, if that's so against the whole Bitcoin ethos, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I could, yeah, it really I, was. I was just like, I, mean, I would never, I would like to go there like what you did and just hang out in the bar and meet clubs, right? That, that would be what yeah. I would do. I would be so fucking mad at the price that I would just go, fuck it. I'm done. <laughs> I did that crazy. one day, man. I was done. at the conference and I would not eat at the conference. I, I imagine me sitting there eating some shit food and somebody walks up to it and said, what are you eating, man? Because all the <laughs> shit that I do, right? I get called <laughs> yeah. out. So I was all fucking paranoid and everything. I said, I'm not going to eat at this conference because of the food sucked anyways, for the most part. It looked like they did have some food trucks. So I walked around. Seriously, I was just kind of done and I just wanted to walk around. I walked around for about three hours trying to find food and I couldn't find it, man. 
man. And I, I kept on saying, no, no. And then, you know, you get a steak for a hundred dollars, you know, and it's oh, not even a good steak, God. not even a good steak. I ended up eating a freaking Cuban sandwich or some Cuban because you can get Cuban sandwiches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was a shittiest damn sandwich. And I've had Cuban food before. <laughs> Fucker was $23, man. I had Pellegrino water and a sandwich and it was $23 and I felt disgusting. It was just like, man, this ain't me. It's not. And I can't, I can't do this shit anymore. You know, and you spending money on stupid food and Uber. And it's like, okay, man, this is not, (laughs) this is not boating. Well, man, you're, you're kind of a hypocrite doing this. I really felt that way. You said that about spending on the, on the Ubers and stuff. Mm -hmm. I always, I always wanted to get in touch with the, the Bitcoin conference people and that it's a, it's all against their whole thing, but Indianapolis, Indiana. Yeah. It is set up. It is literally set up like when they had the Super Bowl there, even the NFL complimented the fact because literally like for the, the Super Bowl, the stadium is literally downtown, right? And the whole downtown thing, and this was Super Bowl numbers was a, literally a five block area. She could yeah. walk fucking anywhere because Indianapolis pretty much set itself up to be the convention sure. home. When I was a cab driver, it was a good thing because it made me a bunch of money. I literally worked 10 days straight at the Super Bowl with two hours of sleep and made 10 grand in a week yeah. <laughs> as a cab driver. But it is set up that all that shit falls away. All the restaurants, everything is all in a fucking five block radius. And they and they built the street and, and, in the middle of it to host the Super Bowl. It's just this big gathering place. And I was like, instead of Miami, which is a very spread out town, why not put it centralized? So, you know, like my joke was, my joke was to get the shit corners away, hold it in Wichita, Kansas. They can't even fucking find it on a map. <laughs> yeah. oh, it's true. It's true. I saw that yeah. tweet. You're right, but people wouldn't go. I mean, people will still, you know, bright lights, big city, all that kind of bullshit. You know, yeah. it's all a picture show. It's all Hollywood stuff, whatever. So I think the best place I ever went for a convention was um, Ocean City, Maryland. I don't know if you mm-hmm. know where that is. But there's this piece of Maryland that, like, you drive through this area that's all swamp for a long time, and then you go over this bridge, and it's an island that's one road, end-to-end, and it is high-rises and big hotels and nice fucking places to eat. There's a casino, and it's all on this one strip. I went to a convention there. They had 220,000 people at this convention, and... Everything is within walking distance. You don't have to drive for mm-hmm. nothing. You come on the island, yep. you park your car at the hotel, and you go about your business. May I ask what yep. kind of convention that shit? That is? <laughs> it was uh, it was a twelve uh, step convention. Oh, okay, gotcha. So well, there's plenty of it's people. the biggest yeah. one in the Amer- it's the biggest I was one about ever. To say that, look, that's not hard to get people there. That's for sure. So yeah. people come from all over the country. It's the biggest yeah. one. It's the biggest one that they hold all year. And right. Yeah. 220,000 people. It was fucking insane. But like I said, you there was no need to Uber. You just yeah. walk. Right. You were surrounded by beach on both sides. Yeah. You know, and, you know, you go into the venue and you go out on the back porch of the venue and it's ocean. And then you walk across the street and go out to eat and you go out on the patio to eat and it's fucking ocean. Like, yeah. ocean. It's right Perfect. there. It's like 
to take all the shit you like about Miami and put it on a three square mile island. And that's yeah. it. That's the kind of place that you have something like that where people are going to be, especially when you have something where people are going to be socializing. Me and sure. a, a couple of people have talked about doing like a pleb event where we rent out like a whole campground for a week. Yeah. Right? Every fucking site or every fucking cabin they have. And then you have the bonfire. You know what I mean? They have, People can get together. People do workshops, but you're all right there. Like all the events, events and everything mm-hmm. can happen right there. Then you're going to get, especially if you do it somewhere where there's no fucking phone service, then people <laughs> might actually know each other. Like right, you might yeah. actually meet some people you could become friends with, like real friends. Yeah. You know, like yeah, when you friends where I know something other. about you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I have to use this. Yeah, I have to use this. I have to use this time to, you know, I am having a conference next week in Kerrville, Texas. Are you? <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> I wouldn't know. Is that the uh, shit you, I'm retweeting? Yeah, that is. Is that the Ethereum but, conference? Right, yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> whoa. whoa. <laughs> yeah, right. No, it's, yeah. it's, it's coming along, man. It's hard to freaking pull that shit off, you know, and I've been so fortunate. People just kind of stepped up and volunteered. I mean, this is really grassroots, what we're pulling off. I don't know how many people is going to be there, but it's getting some pretty good, you know, awareness. there's some damn good speakers there. We've got from ranchers to, you know, Marty's going to be there. Parker's going to be be there uh michael with she's going to be there this is going to be a damn fun conference that we're going to have and i'm going to have it in kerrville kerrville texas is a cool town to visit because it's lovely it's it, it's, it's in the hill country the guadalupe yep. river comes right through the middle of it i mean there's plenty of do there there's a lot of cattle industry right there and they're doing it at the museum of western art there man that is a badass museum and so um, it's going to be fun. But, yeah, those conferences are a bitch to pull off. <laughs> and I got to do three oh, yeah. more this year. So, But it's it's kind of cool. It's, it's kind of proof of work that we've done this. I, You know, hopefully I will break – because anything that I don't break even on, I'll just spend out of my own pocket because it will be beneficial for the beef initiative in the long run. So um, we're going to make some major annou- announcements at the, at the conference. Uh, we we're, we've done, we've, we've achieved what I said we we're going to do in the beginning. We have vertical integration into a decentralized protein system and we're starting with the soul and then we're going to the grass, to the cow, to the producer, to the processor, to the supplier, to new market access. And we are the one, we are the touch point in every one of those. And so that doesn't happen too often. And we're going to be able to start really moving this year with that. That's why we're having these conferences to really get this stuff out there. This stuff is happening. People are buying beef with Bitcoin these days, man. And it's pretty cool. So my conference is not going to be a shit coin conference. (laughs) And uh, so anyways, I had to get that freaking plug in. So there. I appreciate it. Let's get some some final thoughts because I'm old, but it's it's almost 1030. So Bubba, wrap me up. (laughs) What do you think? How do you feel? How do you, you know what I mean? What, is there anything that you want to, you want to let the plebs know before we, before we get it over with? I mean, it's, it's honestly been a pleasure to talking to you both. And like, yes, you know, I, I follow you both and you know, it, it sounds dumb, but like Bubba's voice is the voice that plays the narrator in my head, like all the time. It is. It's so true. I, I can relate to that. I can and it's you know it's uh, slim it's always a good time talking to you and you know it's we we've been meaning to catch up and 
Yeah. You know, yeah, it's busy have. season for everybody. And oh, LC, my mom just absolutely loves you. So me? Yeah. She she just Can't you know, she listened to, well, we, we've done like two or three podcasts, right? All together. Total three or four. I, I can't don't remember. No, a lot. Yeah, a lot. But no, she 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 remembers your name more than anybody. She thinks you're <laughs> an upstanding young man. So well done. Well, <laughs> give my love to mom. Okay, we will. <laughs> Bubba hey, well, like, like I said, uh, just just being able to do this and, and talk has been fabulous for my mental state. Uh, it's good to finally see you, LC, because I've always pictured what's that fucking face look like? <laughs> hey, you're one of the like, there's like six people in Bitcoin that know what I look like. I'm, I'm doing yeah, audio exactly. only when this goes up. So, right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but as far as what Slim was saying about his, I, I really want to pump that because I'm, I, as Slim can tell you, I'm, I'm the, I'm probably the biggest goddamn supporter yes. <laughs> who's unknown to everybody. But definitely, I always I always have to tell him I'm sorry when we talk on the phone because he's so busy now. Because before <laughs> me saying, "Hey, Princey," you yeah. know, Slim's uh-huh. life was Slim's life. It's no longer his life. You know, he's busy now. But it what, and this is tooting the horn, and and I just toot it because it's real. What he's doing with the beef initiative is fucking huge. Because if it spreads, and it will, because it only makes fucking sense. People can have their fucking food life back in their fucking life instead of being at the whim of every fucking Tom, Dick and corporate fuck brain out there. The the corporate people fucked the farms up back in the 70s and into the 80s real bad. They really fucked it up. That's why they had to have farm aid and all that other stuff. And we've got to the point now where food is fake. It is fake. Mm -hmm. you You can't get real shit. Even if it looks like beef in the grocery store, it's something else. (laughs) <laughs> we don't know what it is but it can't be stressed enough what the beef initiative is and it thank god it's it's becoming bigger than slim so yeah. it's not all going to be slim it's becoming bigger and it's it's expound it's expanding and that's great but as far as any final thoughts that's the biggest thing go to that but the other thing is hey young fuckers even when life sucks, it's fun as fuck. So <laughs> in your anger and pain, just go, it's still okay because I'm not dead. I'm not under six feet under. I'm not ash. It's okay. And it's okay to make the fucking mistakes you're going to make. Trust me, you're going to make them. Just try to minimize how big the fucking mistake is. Uh, other than that, <clears throat> it's just life, man. It's not that goddamn serious because it ends something that is serious never fucking ends well life ends so even when you're being serious as fuck understand that if you don't live and you don't have fun it don't amount to a hill of beans period there's my final thought that's pretty awesome thanks bubba because what a lot of people don't realize, honestly, you were the first person that called me out and got me some attention on that first article I ever wrote. And, you know, it was, it, it was, it was really quick and you and I became friends really fast. And so I always want to appreciate, you know, as much as I can towards you because you very much have been a big player in all of this. I mean, you always had those touch points that you knew how to, 
how to stimulate a little bit and say, Hey, look over here in this, this direction. So thank you. So um, I'm glad you're doing well. And I bet this conversation was good for you because that shit's hard, man. You know, you, you get tired of hearing your own voice and get tired of hearing that, uh, that foreign language a little bit. So hang in yeah. there, man, just keep us, keep, keep it going and uh, reach out anytime. But uh, yeah, as far as what I'm doing, man, this is, this is about to get big. We're going to make some announcements, like I said, and we're going to have these conferences. We're going to have one in Colorado. We're going to have one in Georgia. This is, this is proof of work. And I say this with complete humility, but if you're in the Bitcoin space and you're talking about the same shit you were a year ago, you're failing. <laughs> I'm sorry. You are, man. If you're not doing something with this type of mindset that you've achieved by, uh, you know, loving on Bitcoin, it doesn't matter what it is. The fun part is actually getting out there and making some innovation right now because we have the opportunity to do that. And I've, I see it, man. I see, I've met so many good relationships relationships with these ranchers and how we're moving forward and how these ranchers think like uh, Bitcoiners do. I've had tons of ranchers say, man, the Bitcoin people are not what I thought they were They're, They think like we do and that that awareness is getting there. And people need to understand that and get back to your freaking food, get the source of the seed of your food, man. Quit being a rent seeker with this food because it's not food anymore and it's going to get worse. How can you have a debased dollar and your food is not just as debased as that dollar? It's impossible because what it is, it's subsidized and it's just cut and it's processed and it's cut and it's processed. And that's your consumption model. You're not going to make it. So anyways, get focused on your food and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, and that's all I got to say. I think I can, uh, I think the last thing I want to say is if you think making a dollar feels good or you think uh, Bitcoin going from 20 grand to 60 grand felt good, put a seed in the ground and then in a couple of months, eat what comes out of that seed. Yeah, that feels good. Raise an animal, make your own plate. That feels good. There is nothing like the freedom that comes from that harvest season here is the biggest euphoric feeling it's like bitcoin going to the moon yeah yeah it is unbelievable yeah. to come home from work after a long day and go out in the garden and pick dinner and then go into the freezer and get some meat that i harvested and make dinner for the family and eat it that yep. then nothing compares to that nothing yeah. nothing, nothing tops that no nope. nothing tops that at all period nope. Bitcoin gave That's me the opportunity to stop thinking about money. Yeah, there you go. That's what it did. Because prior to that, it was all about thinking about money to how I was going to survive. Now I've been able to give that up and I can look at other things and say, okay, I need to fix my food and I need to fix this. And I need to fix 100%, that. man. You just nailed it right there. Yeah. So, Gentlemen, gentlemen, great to see you guys. Yeah. Peace. I Great appreciate your time. All right, man. Thank you. We'll for talk. The talk. Well, yeah, you that, man. Reach out, brother. <laughs> yeah. We'll do. All right, man. Peace out, guys. Thank Take you care. Guys. Bye. Fuck wasabi.